on a week where we really just needed a little bit more time to gather our thoughts. Welcome, listeners, to Podcast ONA. Hello, everyone. Hello there. Hello. <sighs> Summer's here. Yay, I, I, I think. I, I, I don't know. It's been super hot and humid the last couple days. Mm. It has. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's been pretty hot. Um, though I do smell something burning. Uh, looking over, I think. Is that the newsroom again? Oh, yeah. Um, this episode's a little bit later than usual because we've had some scheduling conflicts and some timing issues regarding uh, this show and when we can get it done because uh, we have very busy lives, if you haven't noticed, over the last five years. It, there's a lot, and there's only so much we could do to make it work. So, bear with us and... Pardon the mess as we try to make everything cleaned up by the time Anime Expo happens in a couple of weeks. Oh boy. Yeah. That's gonna be, um... What, what are we saying? Four and a half? Five hours? Yeah, it depends on exactly what, what gets in there. There's a I lot mean, of stuff happening at Anime Expo this year. I mean, it's, I mean, the last couple of anime expos were played on content last year for obvious reasons. But the last couple of anime expos have not been in person again. Yeah. Yeah, so this year is going to be interesting. Like, I took a look at the schedule for Anime Expo just to see the events of note and what could possibly uh, happen. Uh, the short version, there's a lot. Long version, there's over 25 potential panels of uh, news to talk about. Oh, boy. Across all four days at, at that. Mm. Yeah, so that's going to be fun to cobble together, and uh, you'll hear that uh, in a couple of weeks once we you know, go through all that, which... Uh, <laughs> oh, lordy Lou. But yeah, um... Awkward pleasantries aside, there is a lot of stuff for us to get through here because um, a lot of stuff has been happening. Though, sadly, we have to start on a very especially somber note once again. I, I've kind of been yeah. quiet because of this. I'm still, yeah. still trying to process this one, to be real. Yeah. <laughs> it's very tragic and somber that we have to start with this. On June 9th, Billy Komet sadly passed away from his fight against colon cancer at the age of 35. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I was really doing getting around it. It's was just taken way too soon. Yeah. I... Uh, so when when this happened, 
I think I had gotten home from a long drive, and I think I just was waiting for Steph to come home that night. So I was just kind of alone in my apartment, just feeling particularly... shook. Um, like, I wouldn't even say necessarily numb, but it just hit me in a way that... I don't think I had felt that level since, I think, maybe like the passing of Monty home. It... That one hit me real bad. And I think the fascinating thing to me about going through with this is the, the amount of time Billy was actually active in the major, like, voiceover spear was probably four to five years. Which is relatively short for most people. Yeah. The reason I say the short is in those four years, the amount of presence he has had in the voiceover sphere for video games, animation, and of course anime itself... It is fucking incredible. Yeah. I remember, like, uh, the first thing I heard him in was, uh, actually, Sword Guy on Netflix, and while that, too, is of, uh, questionable quality. I, like, I remember hearing him and thinking, like, wow, this guy is, like, he's, uh, this guy sounds, like, really impressive. I'm, like, pretty sure he's gonna go places when I saw he got, he, when I saw he was a guy that cast a Jones I was like, yeah, this is, like, totally the right guy. Wait, did Sword Guy proceed? Proceed? Diamond is unbreakable? Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. I didn't know that, actually. I, I, it, for me, it was Diamond is unbreakable, was where I had first heard Josuke, and he was absolutely a fresh face in anime voiceover, and my god, to this day, I still stand by that. Even with the lasagna-shaped hole in there, the Diamond is Unbreakable dub is where JoJo really hit its stride, hit the ground running, and fucking nailed what JoJo's was in English. And so much of that had to do with the sheer charm, energy, and life that Billy Komet's put into Josuke Higashikata. Yeah. Just the perfect level of energy. Just... It was, it was as perfect a performance as it could have gotten, and from there on, he would only take off. Like, I, I could read it, you so much of his, his resume, and I think I want to, at least. Shin, Shin, Shin knows in an 86. Anai in Agretzko. Yuya Kanzaki in Aiko Incarnation, the Bang Zoom dub, the one that they had to give a new dub for because the original dub was that bad. Remember that? Yep. That was a thing. Niccolo in Attack on Titan. Uh, I'm not going to read all of these, but we'll read a good amount of these. Um, Metal Lee in Boruto Naruto Next Generations. Ango Sakaguchi in Bungo and Alchemist. The White Blood Cell in Cells at Work. 
the male protagonist in Fate Extra Last Encore. Hakuno Kishi Inami. Uh, you, you don't remember that. Now, Fumi Iwatami in Rising of the Shield Hero. Kyoya Mitsurugi in Konosuba. Chikaru Aoba in the Netflix dub of Neon Genesis Evangelion. I don't know who that is offhand. Did you know he was... Th- what? Yeah, uh, Alba. He was uh, one of the bridge bunnies in uh, Nerve. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Did you know he was the new vil? He was the villain in the newest Pokemon movie. I just learned that one recently. Um, yeah, I did know that. I haven't seen that movie, but I do know he was like a recurring character in uh, the current season. Journeys. He was. He was. Uh, he was also Ash's phone and Ren. Just name a couple. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm basically reading a bunch of these highlighted ones. Mikhail from Sirius the Jaeger. Arden from the Seven Deadly Sins. Shinya Kukimura from Science Fell in Love. So I tried to prove it. Alan from Suppose a Kid from the Last Dungeon Booties moved to a starter town. A show where he got to say the line, "Hey, I am a snack, and you know it." <laughs> Nishikada in Takagi-san Season 2. Shuta Aoi from Tokyo 24th Ward. Um, Tatsuya Sayaki from Vivi, Fluorite Eye Song. Uh, Kunimi from Way the House Husband. And one of my personal favorites, Asmodeus Alice in Iramakun. And that's not even including his fucking video game works, where he's Neji Ogata in 13 Sentinels. He is... Oh, God. Uh, oh, I forgot about Rui from Demon Slayer. That's a fucking big one. Uh, uh, he was also, uh, he was also like, originally my least favorite Matsu boy, but literally his performance was so good, he, like, he's my opinion <laughs> of that character, so, like, he's Osumatsu and Osumatsu. He was Otsumatsu, Takuto Maruki in Persona 5 Royal, and... His fire fighting spirit will never go out. Gallo Tamos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Promare. Yeah, yep. Also, uh, Ferdinand von Egier in uh, no, no, Fire no, no, Emblem. No. I am Ferdinand von Eyer in Fire Emblem Three Houses and Fire Emblem Three Hopes, as well as the mobile game as well. That's what I was looking for, yeah. I am Ferdinand von Eyer as Modis Alice and God, that's only even just scraping the fucking surface. Yeah. He had a very, very fruitful career, despite coming in a bit later than you would expect for somebody with this much of a of a resume. Yeah. Four fucking years. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> this fucking hurts, man. <laughs> We are all in agreement. Uh, Duelist is not here with us, but he is definitely in agreement. Fuck cancer forever and always. Yeah. I think... I think the most insane thing to me about all this was just seeing how much of a fucking light in the world Mm -hmm. Billy was. I remember actually going to meet him briefly at Anime Boston, and I remember Megan was just so enamored at the fact that, like, she that he let her talk about token Ronbu stuff because I think he was in the he was in the uh, California version of the token Ronbu the Katsugeki one yeah uh, so. y- yes he was um, and just and, and I think he he was surprised to discover he had a Nendo 
and was like, oh, that's that's really cool, and just just fucking chill, chipper dude, infectious smile and energy. I think the thing that really kind of killed me was reading uh, Ginny's thread. Ginny uh, was the uh, one who ran his uh, GoFundMe when uh, taking donations to help with his uh, medical fu- medical payments and all that. I, I, I just wanted to go through her thread just briefly. She, she said the following two days, the day his passing was announced, because it basically died on the 9th, and the news came out on the 11th. When I think of Billy Connett, I think primarily of him, his smile, as exuberant, Jinnay greeting whenever he crossed paths. It was a grim that didn't just light up his face. All of him would just shine when you looked at him. He was so full of happy, vibrant life. Billy was a kind man with a ready laugh and an easy vibe, the type of person you just felt good to be around. Cared so much for everybody he crossed paths with, even fans he might know for a few precious minutes, then never again. You could feel that in the way he looked at everyone. Like they were the only other person in the room, and he wanted to make sure they knew they appreciated their attention. It's a weird industry, a balance of egos and anxieties coupled with awkwardness and rejection. Yet Billy was always the first to uplift others. When he finally told us he was sick, his first concern wasn't even for himself. It was for the actors that would replace him and how they were received. That was Billy to a T. The man's sick was stage four cancer. Knows he has to take away from work for a bit. And the first thing he fucking thinks about is he hopes people don't give too much shit to the people that are going to be replacing him in, in the shows he's in. <laughs> that's... Yeah, that's fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a class act, man. In four to five fucking years, this man was a tour de force of the fucking industry, a light in this world, and a fucking shining beacon to everybody who knew and loved him. My thoughts are with his family, his friends, his loved ones, who he held dear. We'll never forget you, Billy. And as fucked as it, as it is because of how much work you had done in this short amount of time your legacy will stay immortalized for years to come mm-hmm. thank you for everything you gave us may you rest in peace mm-hmm. Th- thanks for just letting me go there for yeah, a second yeah just... yeah 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 <sighs> Unfortunately, this is not uh, the only bit of somber bad news we have here because there were more passings recently, which just, ugh. We don't like talking about this, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, voice actor Kosuke Takeuchi, uh, known for his roles as Hikaru Omani in in The Prince of Tennis, and... Haral Kinamari in Aishil 21 passed away at the age of 45 due to an unspecified illness. 
Jeez. Um, yeah. Also, sadly, uh, Kumiko Takizawa, known for her roles as uh, Grandis in Nadia's Secret of Blue Water, and uh, Shia Tov in Orgus, uh, passed away at the age of 69 due to a heart attack on June 11th. That's, that's also really unfortunate. Uh, that is that's really unfortunate. Same day as as okay, not not yeah. same day as him. That was the same day we found out. Yeah. And sadly, another fuck cancer moment. Jim White, noted uh, radio host and also voice actor from known as the voice of. Well, Igneal and the narrator in Fairy Tale passed away on June 4th due to lung cancer at the age of 73. Jesus. <sighs> I, I really I really liked his Igneal and his and his like Eric on Fairy Tale too. I thought he had a very distinct standout voice in particular, which definitely makes a lot of sense that he was like a renowned radio host too. Yeah. Man. Treasure the people in your lives while they're still here. Yeah. You never know when the next day they're going to be gone. Yeah. It's treasure, yeah, treasure people while they're here. I've had this weird revelation with specifically, I was thinking about this with Billy, but considering all these other people are voice actors in and of itself, I've had this sort of weird revelation about the work I do on podcasts and that weird realization that this videos and podcasts will immortalize me after I am gone. And that's kind of a strange sobering revelation. And it's that weird fucked up comfort I find if if something were to happen to me that my voice will exist and be remembered and I guess that's the closest I could find to comfort in that scary inevitability is knowing that's how I'm immortalized in some way shape and forth on this earth yeah, that is really summary to think about. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, I guess I take comfort in that, so... As bummer as this is, I'm still comforting to know that my voice will still exist. And I'm happy to share more of it with you, dear viewers. So that day comes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, and while uh, they unfortunately all these factors have passed on, we do. Yeah, we do still have their work to remember them by. That is. Mm hmm. That, that is at least, like, somewhat comforting. But, yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry, I gotta really. I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna, I don't really know what I'm saying at this point. 
That's fine. I I just kind of need to get that yeah. off my chest myself. Yeah. But uh, I'm good. All right. I've I've been holding on to that for a week, so yeah. 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 Well, yeah. we do have more of a show to do, and we need to bring some levity into uh, all this to get us back on on pace here. So, what's better levity than laughing at stupid companies? Yes. So, <laughs> as we mentioned earlier, Anime Expo's happening in. Um, Next week, actually. Jesus. Next weekend. We will have our coverage for that a little bit later than usual because um, well, we got to record and we got to put it all together. But uh, yeah, so a uh, funny thing happened. By funny, I mean uh, not funny. On June 8th, so a couple weeks back, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Anime Expo Twitter account announces... Hey guys, um, you you don't need proof of you know vaccination status or negative tests or any of that. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. We're good. They were not good. If you want to know how long it took for them to uh, get bullied into submission and, re- and reverse course, it took all of one day. Yeah, uh, as, uh, yeah, because uh, turns out that is a really bad idea when you know a COVID is still a thing and it never being a thing. And second, it is a thing at a very densely populated con. Yeah, so yeah, that was a really stupid idea with uh, Anime Expo putting up an update, basically going. <laughs> Uh, we we were just kidding, guys. Yeah, we never meant to, t- to say any of that. Yeah, we're gonna go by all the protocols. Don't worry. <laughs> Congrats, everyone. We did a good job in bullying him into submission. We got another one. Let's keep it up. Good job. Good hustle. Give yourselves a pat on the back. Yeah, I just have to wonder, like, what were they even thinking? We sending it like I don't know. Did like someone just look and think like, man, we gotta like, like, man, if we don't. Like, lift restrictions, we're going to lose that on a chat market or something, like... Why? Especially going into Los Angeles in the middle of summer? No, thank you. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure a lot of people threatened to uh, cancel their uh, attendance, which meant that, I'd also uh... <laughs> willing to wager a couple of guests were inciting violence. Okay, not inside of violence, but we're willing to fucking burn shit to the ground. They were willing to throw hands. They were willing to throw hands. That's a better way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah, so... Ha-ha! Fuck you! Suck a dick. Everything I've heard about the people that run AX just sounds absolutely terrible. Don't hire rent cops for crowd control. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I've been hearing about it for years, and it sounds actually like... It sounds like it has not gotten better. Uh, yeah. Either way, I'm glad they reversed their decision. 
But also, I don't feel bad that they got bullied into this. <laughs> what is the what is the opposite of feeling bad? Um, no, feeling pretty good. It's funny. <laughs> oh, I guess it would. Uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be. You know, I guess it would be college season without AX doing something stupid. They they kind of regularly do things the stupid way. Now, Otacon, don't do anything stupid or you're going to be next. Please and thank you. Thank yes, you. please and thank you. Okay, so yeah, we got that to look forward to uh, next weekend. All the panels and all the announcements and all the... Possible earthquakes might happen again. You never know. It's L.A. in July. It could happen at any given moment. If we didn't do this this week, this would have been bad. Yeah. Yeah. Though, so, last week was pretty notable for a couple reasons, as in everything was happening at the same time. Between the Golden State Warriors winning the NBA championship, yes, Vince McMahon under investigation by his own corporate board of directors for, uh, doling out some hush money to a mistress, or whatever terminology you want to use. Uh, uh, so, uh, before we get into this one, I did manage to find some appropriate mood music. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, and amidst all of that, we got word that Trigun Stampede, a new Trigun series, will be coming in the year 2023. Holy shit. And I was a little late on this news because this was announced right at the end of Game 60 NBA Finals on Thursday, so I was, you know, all up on that on that celebratory uh, celebration. I missed out on all this completely, so I had to read it a couple hours later and go... Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, huh. yeah, what's interesting is that, like, this rumor was floating around for a while, and curiously, uh, the timing of this rumor was weirdly coinciding with a certain studio, like, getting ready to make a big announcement. They were basically doing, like, a whole week basically going off of all of the things they had learned from their other productions to use for this one. Yeah, because this will be produced at Orange. That is the Land of the Lustrous and B-Stars CG Anime Studio. It's already been called dibs on by Crunchyroll for next year. Yeah, wasn't expecting this to already get called dibs on, but holy shit, guess here we are. Yeah, yeah, I guess this probably does. I, yeah, this seems like one of those things where, like, someone probably got wind of it, like, way in advance and just kind of, like, threw as much money in it as possible. Because, <laughs> so, like, I could be cynical about a number of things in the anime industry, but God, never did I ever think, never did I ever think I was going to see another Trigun anime. <laughs> yeah. In our lifetime. Okay, okay. I mean, I imagined it was possible, but like, 
In my mind, I figure because Blood Blockade Battlefront was successful, and because Blood Blockade Battlefront was successful, I figured, okay, the only way this is realistically, realistically going to happen is if, I don't know, like, <laughs> is if, I don't know, like, Rhea Matsumoto is in, like, enough people favor that they just let her do it. But, uh, yeah, I guess she's still out getting milk somewhere. I'm, she's getting milk chocolate, let's be real here. There's a difference. Evidently, this has been in the works for a while because uh, Eiji Inomoto, the president and founder of Orange, said during the Unlimited Cloud Matsuri event in June 2020 that they were working on a CG remake of uh, something Zach quotes might be familiar. Honestly, considering considering a lot of the work is probably building the rigs. I can see that this would have taken a while. Yeah. So, let's talk about this. Let's talk. So, which which where do where do we start with this? Um, uh, first and foremost, um, to folks who are immediately saying like, "Oh, this is gonna look as good as the original Trigun," I'm gonna have to stop you right there. Like, look. <laughs> uh, so, okay, okay, like, look, the original Trigun is a good show. It was well written. It was funny. It had a good script. I had a good anime original script. It did not age that well visually. Like, it has its moments, but, like, otherwise it is, like, animated. I mean, it, it does have that 90s flair, which I think is a good thing. It's got the 90s flair, but I think people kind of just assumed Old and Madhouse automatically meant that it was a visual masterpiece? When it... When I it kind of wasn't? It's worth noting... Of the three quote-unquote space western shows, uh, Trigun, Outlaw Star, and Cowboy Bebop, Trigun has never been remastered for HD on Blu-ray, which it still hasn't. What's taking so long? This would be as good a time as any, Crunchyroll. Not Crunchyroll, Madhouse. No, (laughs) it still would be as good a time as any, Crunchyroll. Because, like I said, they've... Funimation has done a couple of Blu-ray remasters for things that never got Blu-rays in Japan, notably Wolf's Rain. So it's not impossible. Yeah, I mean, it also depends on uh, I don't know if the I don't know if they have like good enough masters to try that with. And uh, as we and again, as much before, Dragon has not aged that well. Visually, so that is questionable. Trigun was originally a show from 1998. So was Outlaw Star and Bebop. Still wild to me that Trigun is this old now. Yeah. Yeah. So, the other thing I'm going to say, I'm actually shocked they went with the name Trigun Stampede. I would have assumed they would have just gone with the manga title and gone Trigun Maximum. I mean, I guess if you want to be distinct, it's like, it's a pretty good title. It, no, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good little moniker for it. He is Asha Stampede. It works out. I, I guess I just would have assumed if they were attempting for this to be more like the manga, they would have just gone Trigun Maximum. Here, here's my question, though. 
Will this be a remake of the 98 anime series? Will it be an adaptation of the original manga? Will it be an adaptation of Trigon Maximum? What is the game plan here? We do not know. We're probably going to find that an anime expo. I made, uh, I made a pretty good amount of Trigon exists, so, like... Uh, really does so like really does depend on um, I know where they want to go for it. Okay, I mean, I mean, the one thing I do know is well, I don't know, but like I guess I was like hearing over the twitters is that at least as far as Maximum goes, like Vash is going to be like not blonde in that version. So I guess the fact that Vash is blonde in the visual we see means it's at least going to be like some of early Dragon. Fair enough. Also. I think we need to have a talk about something. Specifically, when people hear the phrase new cast, what does that mean? It, you're, you remember um you remember that episode of Ed and Eddie where Eddie is trying to hype up Jimmy on how big sumo wrestlers are and Double D just keeps interjecting going in Japan. Trigon is going to have a brand new original cast in Japan. It's going to be new voice actors instead of the old voice actors from the original anime in Japan. Yep. They're going to recast Vash in Japan. My yep. God. Yep. Uh, is that, yeah, like, yeah, like, look, even, look, look, even with Crunchyroll's uh, current questionable policy, I mean, currently questionable policies, there is literally no way they are recasting Johnny and Vash, like, they are not like they are like they are not going to risk that kind of like really obvious bad PR. There is no reason to do that. Like, like, look, I understand Meryl. I understand Millie. I understand. Why am I forgetting the fucking uh, uh, Wolfwood? Wolfwood. I understand if they can't get. Um, I mean, Jeff Nimoy. I know Dorothy Fawn is still in the industry. I mean, Mil I mean, uh, so is Jeff Nimoy. Like, basically, it's really the question of how much do they care about anyone besides Johnny. I'm going to assume Johnny is the only guarantee. I also say this in regards to do they just go with the Badlands Rumble cast or not? Yeah, so, yeah, that is all. Yeah, that is the other elephant in the room there. Which, the Badlands Rumble cast, for those who do not know, was uh, Brad Hawkins as Wolfwood, a.k.a. the guy who played Goblin Slayer. And I don't remember if Millie was Lucy or Trina. Uh, I would have to look. I'll let me check. I feel, because I know it's Lucy Christian and Trina Nishimura for Millie and Meryl. I just don't remember which was which. I'm gonna say Lucy was Millie because she just kind of sounds like a Millie. That would work. Okay, well, um, at the risk uh, so, of... Oh, uh, yeah, Trina was Millie. Got and, it. And uh, okay. Lucy was Meryl. Ooh, go. okay. I, okay. I reversed it. Well, um, at the risk of potentially uh, stoking some bad karma, in the event... Johnny Young Bosch would not be available for this role. In the event, there is one name that I think would fit, given the original cast when it was recorded back in 2000-something to now. Oh, that's where you're going with this. Okay. Bryce Passenbrook. 
Uh, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. there was an alternative possibility th- uh, that got thrown around on uh, the Discord server I hang out with that I think. I threw th- that out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was you. And they should totally do that. That was apparently his very first roll. Okay, no, 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 no. That's not what I threw out, actually. I threw out because I know uh, the actor who played Knives has uh, since passed away. I was going to throw out let Bryce be knives. Yeah, that would be yeah, that would be like perfect throwback. I really hope they do that. It's it would be the Blue Exorcist brothers reuniting. I it see would, oh, where you're going there. I oh, get it. it. Oh wow, it would literally be the Blue Exorcist brothers in reverse. They should totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. But yeah, so that's where I throw in that regard. As far as. As far as, like, the main squad, Knives and Legato Blue Summers, I don't know who the fuck else even is in the Trigun as characters anymore. Everybody else, clean clean slate, I'm cool with. It's fine. But yeah, the like, honestly, if they go clean slate, I just want Johnny. Johnny's, like, the, the only constant. And I feel like that's just kind of an inevitability, but I'm throwing that out there just in case. And as far as the question of if Crunchyroll is going to continue their stance, I'm going to be real with you. I feel like the cracks are already showing themselves, and I feel like in a couple of seasons they are going to start rescinding on that, if not outright getting rid of that in a couple of seasons. I I think it's clear that it is... It's losing sustainability, and it feels... I know it's not 100% fair, but it feels worth noting that they kept all of that in-house so that they could have weekly releases, but with people getting sick and various things, every show that Crunchyroll has recorded in-house, several of them have had to miss a week or two due to various factors. Yeah. And every other show that they... uh. They get shipped out to other other studios have all been weekly. So Makes the irony of that the irony of that's palpable. I know that's not hundred percent fair due to varying circumstances of the actors and people who've gotten sick, yada yeah. yada yada. I'm just saying it makes you think. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh we're gonna have a lot of time to wait on this. It's not gonna happen for at least a year, although there will be more information at Anime Expo. We're probably going to find out what Trigon Stampede is actually, or what as it's a, a As a, a uh, interesting thing worth noting, uh, at that panel, you know, they're going to have a lot of uh, producers from Orions, and also Naito himself. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's... Um... We're going to put a pen in that and come back to it later. Just, we're going to talk about this. This is a very interesting project, and we're excited about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excited and or curious as to what it's going to be and what it's going to look like. I feel like, let's, let's put it like this. I know people are going to be upset at it being CG, but, like, this is the studio to trust. Like, even Polygon Pictures, who has gotten better, I could see a couple of side eyes. Yeah. I got faith in this one. 
I said, oh, yeah, so, yeah, what, yeah, whatever, you, yeah, whatever you can say about CG, whatever you can say about Orange, like they, like they, they go hard. Whatever project they do, like the dedication is always there. Mm-hmm. All right, <clears throat> so yeah, um, more on that to come later. Now, here's an interesting story that I don't think any of us saw coming. Beginning this week, as was announced earlier in the month in Young Animal Magazine and Koji Mori, the Berserk manga will be continuing. This was an interesting surprise. Yeah, I mean, I know people were speculating something like this might happen because I think there was, like, word around the time of Mira's passing that, like, his assistants were, like, adamant about the idea of continuing it, but I guess, like, we didn't know if the publisher was gonna, like, sign off on that or not, and I guess it's happening. I think the thing... There's a question about what to go through with this. I feel like, on the one hand, if you are adamant that Berserk is done because Miura is no longer with us, that's fair. That's valid. I'm not going to stop you from thinking that. But every message I have read from Koji Mori and his his assistants at Studio Gaga, they love this. They love this story, and they love that man. There was a statement released on the Hakusensha website from the Young Animal Editors Department and Koji Mori outlining more of this uh, information, but the gist of this is this arc will end in six chapters, and after that, a new arc will begin. Huh. Damn. I, I, I'm mostly just kind of surprised this is actually a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think the most interesting thing that Mori said, said was that like he's was that was that Mira did was that Mira did like give him a general idea of the direction Berserk would be going in and what the ending was going to be, and that he is only going to very specifically follow like what Miura told him. He's not going to expand on anything. He's just going to follow like the guideline that, like, mm-hmm. Mira had, like, told him about, I told him before. And, like, and, yeah, that's probably the most admirable way to go about it. I mean, I mean, this is, uh, this sort of thing is just kind of, I, I mean, it really is kind of hard to know what to say here, but, I I mean, I did see like a couple of uh, sentiments about this on Twitter that I think I sort of agree with. That were that were that where it's like if this is that where where like if this works to some degree, it's like it is nice to see the last bits of Mirror's ideas like come to life on the page. And if it doesn't work out well, we do know that Mior didn't read it, so like. Even if the direction doesn't end up being as expected, we do know that, like, it wasn't written by Mira himself, so there is that. I think I'm just okay with the fact that this, it, that they're doing this, and 
I don't ha- I don't have anything against anybody doing this. They're doing it for genuinely noble reasons. So I'm o- I'm okay with this. Yeah, uh uh, uh yeah, uh also Alex. Uh I know it's not on the I know it's not like on the docket, but simple but because it is like tangentially related to this, uh should we talk about like the whole like berserk movie recut thing that's happening? Uh, if you haven't pulled up, then yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, uh, recently announced today, um, they are recutting the Berserk movie trilogy, the Golden Age arc, into TV format. I, t- uh, not sure if they give it, like, an exact date on that, but, uh, yeah, that's the thing that's happening. That, yeah, the memorial tribute TV recut of the Golden Age trilogy is actually not a bad angle to do it. Mm-hmm. I I know you were worried about like whether they could get the cast back or not, but it's like if it's just if it's just the movie, it's, then yeah, you're fine. Yeah, if it's just a movie, then it's fine. If they like add any new scenes, then there's gonna be like. Then there's gonna be like a bit of an issue, uh, largely because uh, Mark Dreisen, who played Guts, has kind of been uh, off the radar for the last like three years. So uh, not sure if they could get him back. Yeah, I I kind of think Mark hasn't popped up an anime voice actor anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if it did come down to it, I mean as I, as I mean, I know the Berserk, I mean, I know the Bangs dub didn't happen under the bad circumstances, but like... But you can't, Keiji Tang's Keiji Tang. Yeah, Keiji Tang's Keiji Tang, he was a he was a perfectly fine guy. If, if he ends up having to step in, I would not complain too much. Fair enough. <laughs> Anyways, Berserk updates. Yeah, that, um... We didn't see this coming, but it's still very... Interesting, nonetheless. Okay, I'm very happy that this next piece of news says exactly what we all want to talk about. Yeah, so... That's uh, right! Yamato is confirmed a man! Suck a dick! Oh. Oh, sorry, and and I guess this other thing, too, I guess. I, I mean, you're not wrong, but... We're not talking about that. We're talking about something in regards to the One Piece manga. It's on a little bit of a break right now. And it seems as though all the signs are pointing to One Piece entering the endgame. We are now at the part where we could say this manga is in its final arc. And that final arc goes on for at least half a decade. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, wild to think One Piece is in its endgame, but, like, Oda kept saying that, like, yeah, One Piece was going to be an endgame after Wano, and I guess he was not lying. Yep. How long it's going to take? I don't expect it to be quick. Oh, absolutely not. Like, people kind of forget, even with this break, he takes very regular two- to three-week gaps. 
Yeah, and also, you know, uh, it's a Shonen Jump final arc. Those are, like, never short, ever. So God <laughs> knows how long One Piece is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like we're going to be in for a wild time all around. Uh, I, I, I have no other comment to add to this. As, 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 yeah, uh, I mean, I do have one. I do have one thing to add. Congrats to my boy Buggy the Clown for f- continuing to fail upwards. I, I, I can't think of a gag that has continued to be funnier and funnier a thousand chapters in, and it's legitimately just Buggy the Clown is now officially one of the great emperors of the sea. He is literally in the same tier as Monkey D. Luffy, uh, Blackbeard, and Red-Haired Shanks. Yeah, and, like, I really hope, I hope they never explain why that happened. Like, just don't even bother. Just leave it there. It's beautiful. Like, he is officially one of the biggest shit pirates in the seas, and God, that's so... That's so <laughs> funny, dude. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, fun time. So, um, I don't have much to say other than a while back, I saw something kind of cool, kind of, not, not really cool, but uh, interesting and kind of funny. Uh, apparently, of all the straw hats, the one with uh, the, the uh, most sizable uh, chest measurements, Zoro. That's bullshit. That's bullshit because fucking Jimbei's right there with his aquatic fish titties. Yeah. Uh, the measurements don't lie, and yeah, Zoro is, uh... Yeah. Though Yamato is gonna give him some, uh... competition in that department. Fair enough, but Jimbei's got dad bod fish titties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I demand a recount. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. Okay, uh, more manga information here. Uh, Toski Fujimoto will be releasing a new one-shot on July 4th on the Jump Plus app. Listen to Futu. So the interesting, so the interesting thing about that one-shot in particular is that one he's actually doing with a different artist working on it and I believe Toda Odo may have mm-hmm. presumably been a uh, assistant of his in the past but they're the author of the manga To Strip the Flesh which man that is a that is a manga that does not fuck around we have what? talked about that in the past yes we had it was that's a really good that was a really good really effective story and the art was really good in it too so that dude teaming up with Fujimoto's writing is yeah fucking yes yeah. and on that same day uh, Goodbye Airy will be releasing in book form however as was announced by Jump Plus this past week even on July 13th we will get the long-awaited debut of the second part of Chainsaw Man. I I was laughing my ass off when I saw that they announced a third one-shot. I was kind of living for the um, uh, 
the consecutive blue balling of the Chainsaw Man fans, including myself, by the way. I'm saying this as a Chainsaw Man fan. I was I was living for this blue balling. Yeah, I was, I'm not gonna lie. I was really hoping that Chainsaw Man that same uh, Chainsaw Man Part Two was just like an elaborate long con who just let Fujimoto do whatever he wants, like. And like anytime everyone anyone asks about it, he's just going like, "Oh yeah, sure, it's coming eventually." Like, but honestly, I, I'm also a little surprised. I figured this would have happened a little closer to uh, the anime coming out because anime is presumably still in the fall. So yeah, this is this is coming out three months prior. Yeah, to, uh, yeah, to, yeah. To which I mentioned it on Twitter, but like. Part of me is sort of hoping that, like, it, this exists, but, like, the name Chainsaw Man Part 2 is, like, a deliberate troll and it actually has, like, nothing to do with Denji at all. I feel like they can't 100% commit to that, but there's a very real possibility Denji could not technically be the protagonist. That would be a very funny outcome. So, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Fujimoto could honestly do whatever he wants at this point, and I feel like even if people get what they want, there's going to be a catch. There's going to be a catch. Also, finally have the whole uh, part one uh, physically available in manga format, all 11 volumes. Mm. Is a very good manga. Really recommend it. You should give it a watch, give it a read, and hopefully the anime will be good too. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Very cool, very cool, very cool. Okay, now we can move on to other topics here. Uh, not much video game talk here after what we spent the last couple weeks through, because honestly, it was not a whole lot to go through. Summer Games Fest was what you'd expect to So, it. video games. There's a lot of video... Yeah, people are still waiting for that Nintendo Direct, but there's a lot of video game things yeah. that have been announced. Some good, some not. I mean, we are getting a we are getting a direct. It's a Xenoblade direct, but it's direct nonetheless. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, speaking of which, uh, just because that is a sentiment that has been weirdly going around the internet for some reason, I guess because like some gaming YouTubers made some stupid comments to the fact like, guys. Xenoblade and Fire Emblem are not stopping other Nintendo franchises from getting made. They just uh, aren't. Like, the studios that make those two games, like, very specifically only make those games. They are not stopping. Like, those games are not the reason you're not getting, like, more Kid Icarus or Donkey Kong. Don't stoke the flames, RGT85. Hmm. Otherwise, Spawnwave will make sure you play Battle of Wonderworld to completion once we get the word that Metroid Dread hits 3 million sales in a couple weeks' time, maybe. That's a reference to a whole other show. Uh, so yeah, uh, Summer Games Fest, it was what you'd expect of it. Um, Square Enix announced that Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is happening on PS5 next winter, and we're getting a Crisis Core remake on all platforms this winter, which, that's that's cool. That's cool. Uh, Xbox, they didn't have much, uh, which is weird, because they showed 
like a year-long roadmap of games. Not all of them look good, though. I'm sorry, they confirmed especially... that Silk Song is real and coming within a year, which is yeah. kind of insane. And I'm mm. glad I'm not the only one who thinks that. What, what was it called? As Dusk Falls or something like that. So, oh, that that doesn't look great. That looks awful. I, I almost applaud the idea they're trying to go for, but it, it, it that, doesn't. That good. just hits every single terrible buzzword that I hate about quote-unquote indie games. It fe- it kind of feels like a parody of a indie game, if that makes sense. Uh, however, there was one interesting announcement from the Xbox showcase that has since been uh, more detailed later on for other consoles. Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal are coming to uh, modern platforms and Xbox and Game Pass, starting with Persona 5 Royal this October. And it will also be available on PS4 and PS5 and Steam, but not Nintendo Switch because Atlas doesn't just... Who even knows anymore? I'm going to be real. I don't 100% buy that yet. Yeah, I know it is the idea that Atlas is like very simply decided to get Nintendo consoles on this is extremely funny, even if it does also kind of hurt and it would be extremely obnoxious. But like realistically, the most likely explanation is it's totally happening, but Nintendo wants to do it on their own direct because like that's just annoying. Just announced it already, guys. Come on. It feels like there's a catch. Like I, I almost feel like we're going to get it, but it, it is weird that they kind of had to play the whole game of like, this is only coming to Xbox for like forty eight hours. Is it, yeah, I feel like the, yeah, I feel like the catch would be we get Persona Five, but it's like only base Persona Five and not Royal. Which the, the, the thing about it is. That would totally be something Atlas could do. So, so, yeah, yeah, it would, even though, really, even though they probably could run Royal on Switch. It might take, like, some slight elbow grease, but they could definitely do it. But it depends on if they care. There is no reason not to get Portable and Golden on there. Absolutely none. It's a Portable HD console! I mean, also, you know, those are based off of literal PS2 games, there is absolutely no reason to switch game run those. They are based off of the portable versions of PS2 games. Yeah. Literally no... If if we don't go to the end of the month and we still don't get news that, like, at least P3 and 4 are coming to Switch, I will be shocked. Yeah, hopefully we'll get that Nintendo Direct uh, next week. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now here's something I thought was a little interesting. We're being reported from Deadline, Gendy Tartakovsky has inked a, quote, cross-studio overall deal with Cartoon Network Studios and Warner Brothers Animation. This is good. I like this. Um, uh, nice there, finally letting Gendy just do whatever he wants. Uh, too bad this is uh, definitely coming too late to save Symbiotic Titan, but uh, I mean, I guess we've all had to make our beef with that at this point. Uh, another time, another place, another universe, that would have been a success. Uh, yeah, and another time where, you know, we got something like this before it got written off and, you know, tax write-offs, but... Ugh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Gendy Tartakovsky is currently producing uh, Unicorn Warriors Eternal, a uh, series coming to HBO Max and Cartoon Network sometime soon. Uh, Primal is premiering season two later this summer on Adult Swim. And there's bound to be more uh, coming in the in the future. So I guess he's done with Sony. I don't blame him. Uh, yeah. That uh, does not seem like... Uh, see, Sony does not seem like they trustworthy. No, no, they don't. <sighs> That's not the only Western animation news we have here, though, because as reported uh, by Variety... This is interesting. A set of animated Avatar The Last Airbender films are in development at Paramount and Nickelodeon. I mean, we, I mean, they did announce that like Avatar Studios thing a while back, so I guess that does check out to some degree. Interesting to start with movies, though. I mean, that, that seems to be what Paramount's doing with a lot of uh, some of, or most of their projects. Do it in movie form, which... Good, good luck with that, sure. I I think there were, we had a reveal of what the movies are, or if I just saw a rumor from somewhere. Uh, so, I mean, okay, I mean, we know which, okay, I mean, we know which character each movie yes, is that, that Okay, that was confirmed, yeah. So, the roadmap seems to be for 2024, 2025, and 2026. Movies for the characters Kiyoshi, Zuko, and Korra. Uh, so, uh, yeah, interesting set of characters. Uh, so, Kiyoshi and Korra, I imagine, like, those are going to be, like, completely original stories. Like, uh, definitely a lot you could probably do with Kiyoshi, you know, pretty popular avatar. Definitely interested in doing that story. And Korra, you know, uh, always do more, you know, with having to do her after the end of the series, and hey, uh, doing more of her with a zombie would be nice. They have to do more with those comics, so if you yeah. know, bring some of that into animated yeah. form, that would be wonderful. Okay, yeah. see, Zuko is interesting, because I feel like if they're going to do a Zuko, Zuko movie, they're practically obligated to do the what happened to Zuko's mom thing, since that was never addressed in the show proper, but, you know, uh, that, but that question was answered. In the comics. So are they going to just, like, do an adaption of the search? Because uh, that would be the ideal. I really hope they just do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have some time to wait on this. So, uh... Look, all I want out of this, at the very end of this, whatever they're going to do for Korra, just, just, just show them doing the thing. Just, just once. Just once. Just once. That would be nice. That would be very nice. That, we can, that way we can finally shut all these friggin' people up over a... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Now, we're not done with this section yet, though, because from another report from Variety, Thomas Astruck, the creator and director of Miraculous Ladybug, has signed on to do a new animated series. A reboot of Astro Boy. Yeah, so uh, this one is very interesting uh, for uh, a lot of reasons. 
Uh, mainly that a reboot of Astro Boy was originally uh, confirmed to happen, like, many, many years ago. I think, like, six or seven years ago now. Uh, originally, though, it was supposed to be, like, a, it was also supposed to be a French production, but it was uh, supposed to be in 2D. Like, there was concept art, there was a trailer, I've, like, seen that trailer a couple of times before. Uh, so that was supposed to happen, uh, but then that production just fell silent. For years, and no one knew what happened, and uh, now this has happened. So I guess that project was have gotten scrapped. Seems to be because this will be a, I believe, CG project, and um, it's going to be weird that this is going to be the. Let me count them up. I believe the fourth reboot slash remake of Astro Boy in the last uh, forty plus years. Yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, okay, I mean, I'm not expecting anything on the quality of Astro Boy 2003, that would probably be way too optimistic, so it would be nice. Uh, but at least something closer to that, and less, uh, the last Western Astro Boy we movie we got. do not we, talk about that movie. Yeah. Also, uh, also, uh, also because, also, I mean, I know that there's always probably going to be a tricky thing to do with Western audiences. But, like, I hope they keep Astro Boy's origin story intact this time. It was annoying, like, it was annoying that got changed for, like, the 2003 dub, and I don't, like, I don't know, I don't, like, I haven't seen all that, like, 3D movie, so I have no idea if they changed it there or not. Yeah. Yeah, all we have uh, to go about for this is just the announcement. It will be uh, 52 half-hour episodes. We don't have a date for this still, though I believe Tezuka Productions is on board for the project as well, so that that must be a good sign. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's also good. Yeah, and also for me personally, uh, this 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 thing means hey, we are probably that much closer towards you know Pluto finally surfacing because I am because my personal theory is that this has been what has been holding back that show has been yeah this has been holding that back from getting any kind of like official announcement, because, you know, of course you'd want to announce the actual Astro Boy reboot before, you know, you announce the thing based off a specific Astro Boy story. We have been talking about Pluto in some capacity for at least five years. When is it going to happen, M2? Come on. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, Mariama did, like, I mean, Mariama did have to basically confirm uh, via Twitter, that yes, it has not been canceled because that rumor was going around, and uh, as I and uh, just the other day, apparently, like uh, Mariama was having like some kind of uh tribute to like go over his body of works, and like apparently he showed off a trailer of Pluto there. So uh, yeah, uh, so big made. <laughs> I don't know when we're gonna get it, but it's still happening. Apparently. Back in 2010, Universal and Illumination got the film rights for Pluto, and there's been nothing since. Uh, yeah, no, okay, I know, yeah, I know there was that, but I know, like, the, I know specifically the anime version itself was announced in, like, 2016, there was supposed to be a 2020, okay, yeah, they announced it in 2016, it was supposed to be, like, a vague 2020 window, we get to 2020, and then just, like, nothing. It was actually uh, uh, 2017 at Annecy when they announced it. Ah. I remember because we talked about it back then. Oh, yeah, we did. 
Uh, where does the time go? All right. Yeah. Um, more Western shenanigans here. I'm not sure if I can recall when we, t if we talked about a One Punch Man live action movie being announced, but uh, uh, apparently it, it was announced. And there seems to be, for the time being anyway, a director tapped on for it. Justin yeah. Lin. Hmm. You know, the guy who's been directing the Fast and Furious movies for the last decade plus. Uh, I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a bit of an odd choice, but I mean, I guess if you're going to go with anyone, uh, sure, why not? I mean, I mean, the Fast and the Furious movies are silly enough that, you know, they may not try, that it may avoid getting too self-serious with One Punch Man, which is like the obvious fear I would have with Hollywood doing that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's also, like, the fear they won't keep Saitama bald, which, like, they better, like, which, they better not, like, give Saitama hair. I'll be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to make of this. This is still very early to talk about. I mean, Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner are on board to write it, who has previously worked on Jumanji, the next level, and Venom. Uh, not inspiring a whole set of competence there, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I just... It, it, we know how this goes. We know how this stuff goes. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, this, stuff, is, this stuff is never real until there's, like, an actual trailer. So, yeah. uh, yep, so we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens. Uh, also, like, I know, just because people joked about it, no, they're probably not going to cast Vin Diesel as Saitama, though that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, they seem to be on the spawn, on a break, him and, uh, Justin Lin, because, well, he was booted off the latest Fast and Furious movie, probably because it didn't see fit to, uh, Vin Diesel's grand creative vision that probably involves time travel, and I'm terrified by that. <laughs> what uh, else can they do after they go to space? Who knows? We gotta go back in time. Because family. Something, I don't know. Just... <sighs> On to the pilot goes with the others. But coming back out from the pile, at least for now, what I'm calling attempt number three of a live-action Tiger and Bunny series. This time with the involvement of Bondi Namco Pictures. Uh, uh, like, I, I, like, I knew... Like, I recall that I was involved to, like, some extent with the other attempts, but I guess they're more, I guess it's more direct this time. Yeah, because attempt number one would have been a live-action film uh, helmed by Brian Glazer and Ron Howard. That didn't go through. Although, yes, uh, Bondi Namco was partially involved with uh, the production for that project that was uh, stillborn. Then there was uh, the Global Road Entertainment 
uh, bankruptcy. Which, um, yep. Yeah. Which I, I'm going to tangentially call that attempt number two to get it off the ground, which uh, didn't work. So here we have attempt number three with Bond Dynamical Pictures collaborating with SK Global to produce a live action series. So, you know, TV or Netflix or whatever. Along it's with, probably uh, Netflix. Probably. Along with, with um, M. Raven Metzner on board as script writer and showrunner who has worked on Iron Fist and Electra. Okay. Uh, only one of those things inspires any spark, any <laughs> slight spark of confidence. I'm not even sure Electra inspires that much confidence, to be honest. I mean, more than Iron Fist. <laughs> but that's not saying much. <laughs> look, look, Iron Fist almost could would the tone of Iron Fist would work for something like Tiger and Bunny, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the one nice thing I can say is that like Tiger and Bunny would not be hard to do with live action. Is it would really it would mostly just kind of come down to it would mostly just kind of come down to like who you cast basically. And then I guess, uh, I don't know how much they decide. Okay, I figure you would follow season one story to some degree, and then I guess after that, you can just basically go buck wild. You kind of can. Like, this, like, Tiger and Bunny is something that absolutely has potential. It's just, you gotta, you gotta at least do with it what you gotta do. You actually have to put in a little bit of work and... Not go bankrupt. But that's basically all you have to do. That would help. So, uh, yeah, also, you know, uh, also, you know, uh, you need enough tongue in cheek to, you know, maybe critique capitalism slightly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I would say is possible, but if this is Netflix, man, we, ju- we just t- did the fucking Squid Game game show, man. Oh, yeah, that was announced, <laughs> too. Gosh. Uh. Media, like, media literacy is at an all-time low right now. Literacy man. as yeah. a whole is at an all-time low. People don't pay attention to anything. It's dire. It really is. Ugh. Read a book for once, you cretins. Ugh, anyways. That reminds me, I got my Scott the Lost archives book today, finally, after like six months. God, you got yours today? Yeah, it took a little while for them to get everything, you know, printed and shipped out. I mean, same, but it, I got mine at least like three weeks ago. Jeez. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened, but uh, lessons for next time. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay, and uh, yeah, speaking of uh, reading books, there are some books for you to read in the spring of 2023 because we have these titles coming out from Viz that they recently announced. So, all of this is the up for spring 2023. Yes. Yeah, we're starting with uh, Nine Dragons Ball Parade. It's about baseball. This was a show, this was a, this is a digital only title, which is a which is a nice way of saying this ran in Weekly Shonen Jump and got canned. Yep. Apparently, this is the baseball manga that is really about baseball, which uh, our good yeah. friend John didn't care for, but I would like. 
it, it's it's it, it, fine. It, to, uh, yeah, it was fine. Like the art, like the art was pretty cool when you know they were doing actual baseball stuff, but otherwise it was kind of bland looking. So that was a knock against it, and and yeah, it did kind of move a little too slow. Like, there's nothing wrong with being fine. The problem is being fine isn't going to have you stand out in Shonen Jump. Now, this one's a little more interesting. Yeah. Also, uh, thank you, Viz and or ANN, for not putting, you know, seven lines of, you know, blurb on these blurbs. Yeah, from Sui Ishida, the creator of Tokyo Ghoul, Chojin X. Chojin S is something I'm told is really weird and out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta catch up on that. I know I read, like, the first couple of chapters, and it goes in, like, several directions just in chapter one alone, so, like, it is pretty wild. I can also I can also definitely tell you it is not like Tokyo Ghoul, but in a very interesting way. I'm kind of glad that he is able to make things that is not like Tokyo Ghoul, but actually still appeal to those people who like Tokyo Ghoul. And I'm also told it's pretty good either way. So, hey, I'll, I'll check it out at some point. And now you can own it physically. Yay! Cool. All right, we also have here a fantasy series, Helk. What a title that I'm, is. I'm, this one's kind of interesting, because I heard this one had finished its run recently. This one had finished its, its manga run a few years ago, and then was recently announced to be getting an anime. And now we are getting it licensed in English. I don't know much about it. I hear good things. Mm. This is a very brief synopsis. That means literally nothing. <laughs> an epic tale of the powerful human hero who aims to become the next demon lord. I know we make fun of, like, light novel titles, but I almost feel like you need, you need at least... A, you need at least a paragraph there. That's that's like something you put on like a Netflix summary. That's that's very succinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. Especially considering all the very long blurbs we get normally. Fair enough. All right. We have here uh, a double life series, Tista. Uh, this is interesting because this is Tatsuya Endo's original manga series prior to Spy Family. Uh Uh-huh. So it's very clear that Spy Family is a fucking slam dunk of a hit and they want to dig into Endo's back catalog, which appears to be this and maybe one other thing. So this one, that other one might be a one shot. Either way, cool stuff, cool stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now we have um, well, well, a series from artist Takeshi Obata and, and written by Akinari Asakura, Shoha Shoten. Uh, this one's about a pair of comedians trying to be the next big comedians. Uh, yeah, I did. I have skimmed through this one occasionally, particularly because it, particularly because you know, it's nice whenever Obama is you know not saddled with Oba and Oba's questionable writing talents. You you like his art, but you you just wish it was had better material. 
Yep. And this is presumably better material. Uh, so, uh yeah, it, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, it is at least interesting. I mean, I. So, I mean, I don't. Uh, I mean, Bonsai is always one of those things that's kind of like a little unapproachable from a Western perspective. So it is kind of interesting to learn more about that. Okay. We have here two anthologies from Tatsuki Fujimoto. Tatsuki Fujimoto before Chainsaw Man 17 to 21 and 22 to 26. I'm very happy about this because I've, I've been very entranced by Fujimoto as an author and I'm very curious to see some of the uh some of the titles that ca- that preceded like Chainsaw Man and everything after that. I'm not sure how much I feel about them tacking on the before Chainsaw Man part of the title. Branding, that's why. I get it, but that doesn't mean I have to care for it. Yeah, yeah, that is a little obvious. Yeah. I'm still gonna fucking buy it. I, I, this is one of the, this was like one of the ones I really wanted Viz to get outside of like putting Blue Lock on physical. So I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. Okay. We also have here an autobiographical series from Miri Hiranishi, the girl that can't get a girlfriend. This is apparently like a Twitter indie comic too, actually. And I, I've seen a couple of these hit my dashboard. The author can also speak English. Um, these are very cute. These are very gay. This is very, very good. I'm actually, it's actually really cool to see like a fucking, like this is like an indie com- comic author who has like a Patreon too. And them getting like a published works from Viz Media is pretty awesome actually. Yeah. From Makoto Ojiro, we have Insomniacs After School. This just recently got announced for an anime. This seems very, very cute. I've heard good... From a buddy who's really into these good rom-com mangas, he highly recommends this one, so I'm excited to check this one out. All right, we have a pair of... Rom's com titles, I guess. Uh, first, we have Love's in Sight. Love blooms between a tough, delinquent boy and a spunky girl who is has a vision impairment. Hmm. Okay, so this basically just sounds like the straight version of that one Yuri manga where the blind girl hooks up with a monster girl. Hmm. Which... I, I love that because I always think of like one of my favorite uh, t- uh, Tumblr posts where it's like, imagine if you're blind and you're in a relationship with somebody for like many years and then you're finally on your deathbed and then you just touch their face and you're like, what the fuck? Is this a Ninja Turtle? And then somebody responded with posting uh, Meruem and Kamugi from Hunter Hunter. <laughs> that still makes me laugh. You know what they say Love is blind. Thank you, Tommy Wiseau. We appreciate that. That was the second reference to the room I have done on the show this week. I'm, <laughs> I'm proud on fire. of you, Alex. All right, and we have the second rom-com here. My special one. Uh, girl who swore off pretty boys beats a pretty boy that really wants her. 
Shoujo. Yep. Shoujo Beat. Okay. <clears throat> we have here from Real Minanami, Boys Abyss. I hear good things about this one, but I hear this one's dark. It seems dark, all right. My immediate thought is, wow, this that's some good art. Self-serving adults and broken dreams push a teenage boy trapped into a dead-end town closer to the edge. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? A lot of things, probably. <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah. All right. From Yuji Kaku, we have Ayashimon. I'm so fucking bummed. I'm so fucking bummed this one got cancelled, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was really digging it, too, and... I feel like... we. I was having a discussion with a friend of mine lately where it's like, this series wasn't perfect, but it had charm and had my attention. It fucking did not belong to on Weekly Shonen Jump. Yeah. I think about, like, Don to Don and how fucking strange and weird that one is. And how it's basically, like, one of the biggest hits right now for Jump Plus. And then I think of Aishimon, which is kind of, like, for that similar audience. And it's just getting canned after 25 chapters. And that fucking grinds my gears, bro. I'm glad it's getting a physical release, but, uh, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, well, we have another collection from Junji Ito, uh, Tombs. I, every time we do one of these, it's like it's like a fucking loop on the third, where it's like, wow, there's even more Junji Ito things than I thought. Yeah. And there's still some that we haven't gotten yet. Yep. And we also have a pair of art books. First, from the almighty alligator Koyala Gotuge, The Art of Demon Slayer. Nice, nice, nice. And from Harishi Furudate, Haikyuu, complete illustration book. Also very excellent. Both of those are very worthwhile. I am personally really holding out for the day we finally get that Kohei Horikoshi art book, man. (laughs) But we have saved the best for last. We end things off with... For town, for real. <laughs> yes, the, the boy band from Turning Red has a manga. The manga cool. spinoff of the hit Disney and Pixar film Turning Red. Get behind the music of Canada's top fictional '90s boy band Four Town. In Four Town, for <laughs> I love this. Your reminder fuck? that Phineas and Billie Eilish did the music for that, and it was wonderful. Oh god, it was. I I love this so much. This is this already screams two thousands Tokyo pop energy, and that is the exact vibe they're going for. Yeah. It's even better that it's not actually Tokyo pop. <laughs> yeah, we need that boy band energy now that uh, BTS is on break and millions of teenage girls have no idea what to do with their spare time now. Yeah, God, even like the fucking boy band songs in that were catchy as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are very pretty boys. I will say that. That they are. Okay. All right. 
Next up here, well, we got the word of what we were expecting. Yes, coming to us in January will be Season 2 of Vinland Saga. So, this is interesting for a couple of reasons, but the most, the most notable thing is, of course, hey, we are indeed getting Vinland Saga Season 2. It looks so. So okay. So let all right. Let's just get the obvious out of the way. Yes, this is being done at Studio Mappa. A flipping course it is. It's always Mappa. So here's the thing. Yes, I could be bummed and annoyed about that for obvious reasons. I'm less bummed and annoyed about that because the vibe I'm getting from this is that they had the time and the team to work on it. Yeah, it is the exact team from season one. It's literally uh-huh. the exact team from season one. This is not an Attack on Titan final season where it might as well be a different show. This is... This basically looks like it is Vinland Saga again. It also kind of feels like they... like This has been known for a while, but this feels like this has had the time to work in the background for as long as they've they've needed. Like, this this is a trailer. This is a trailer that's like two and a half minutes. This is footage. This is all animation. This is not a... This is not an Attack on Titan. This is not a Chainsaw Man. They did not animate a trailer. This, is, this all looks like this is finished footage. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um... Yeah, uh, we know that's going to be happening in winter. There's one other thing I want to note about this, and it has to do with, on the Vinland Saga website, they have an on-air page. If you go all the way down to Season 1, streaming, there's some interesting information here. Oh yeah, there is. So, according to the website, starting July 7th, it will be available on... High Dive in North and South America and various European regions, and Crunchyroll in other various European regions, and Netflix worldwide except China. So, yeah! This is interesting because, as we talked about in the past, (laughs) there are two English dubs of Vinland Saga, and the English dub of Vinland Saga on Netflix has been region locked to I believe only Japan yeah so so this could potentially be how we finally get that dub and it could also mean that the Sentai dub is no longer locked to just the home video yeah yeah Uh, it would also be an equally wild plot twist if like Netflix ended up with the Sentai one like, I don't know what this means for season two licensing, but we're off to the fucking races, and man, oh man, can I not believe there's a real shot we will get both dubs legally streaming now. <laughs> also, this season two, it looks like it's going to be way more low-key, which is a good thing. Because all of season one is basically about Thorfinn in his 
so super shitty teenager face. This looks like he's gonna mellow the fuck out big time and do some growing up. I am mm-hmm. here for that. But God, I cannot believe like in two weeks we will find out what the fucking fate of the Vinland Saga dubs is. Isn't it gonna be insane if both of them continue simultaneously? Yeah, it would be. Like, just High Dive has their dub, and then Netflix has their dub, and they just continue side by side? (laughs) Uh, It's going to be weird, but uh, yeah, in in a very short amount of time, Vinland Saga will finally be free of Amazon jail. Fully. I gotta say... Like I said, I I know my opinions and repercussions about MAPPA doing every anime. But this this really just feels like it is Vinland Saga again, which like was not a feeling I ever got from Attack on Titan. This feels like the t- they got they worked to get the whole team back and that they have had the time to just keep just keep working on it. Mhm. Mhm. Which is a very nice surprise. Yeah. So I'm in. Okay. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, yes, we will make sure to take a look and see uh, who has what in regards to Villain Saga in July. We'll find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, very recently on Crunchyroll, they began streaming and making available for all of us, the given, on the other hand, OVA, which is basically uh, the main event of the main boys, Mafia and Ritsuka, during the movie. So now it can be a complete movie, and that's wonderful. <laughs> Wait, was there a side of them that was not shown in the movie? It was about the other two boys. Okay, so this is what they were doing while yes. the movie was going. Okay, got it, got yes. it, got it. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad that Given is still getting more things. I just want more of the manga to happen, please. I believe. I believe. Yeah, it's a very good show, and if you all haven't seen it yet, you definitely should. It's very good. And knock on wood, we will finally get a dub. I I hope so. Look... David Wald has the ability and resources to dig into that gay shit. Just, just, just tell, just give him, give him, give him, given. Yes, give him the given. Like, like he 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 posted something about working on something that was gay. I I actually was discussing about this. I'm not a hundred percent convinced it's given. It's got a good shot. But I also forgot about the night beyond the tri-cornered windows. Did you remember that show came out? Kind of. That one is also Boys Love. And that was a Crunchyroll Copro thing too. So it's... That's also likely. I want the good show though. I, I know, but... Look, good dubs can make shows that are kind of like 5 or 6 out of 10 better. Fair enough. 
Oh, uh, yeah. I stand by Hensky as the best <laughs> 4 out of 10 anime with a dub that makes it a 6 out of 10. Oh, okay. Well, uh, speaking of Crunchyroll, one of the shows they have for the summer season is Harem in the Labyrinth of Another World, the latest project from everyone's favorite saucy studio, Passion. I'm so fucking angry. I'm still so mad at... God, I know you're not listening to this. I'm still so fucking pissed at you. Where I'm like, oh man, that girl's fucking fine. She can get it. And then you're like, I just went to TV Tropes. It's a fucking slave isekai. I'm like, fuck! I, I bring this up because this show is another one of those shows that will have three versions to it. It will have a regular TV broadcast version which will restrict, you know, video and audio, a quote-unquote harem version with less censorship, and the quote-unquote super harem version that you can only see on the ATX Pay TV channel that will be completely unedited. Good luck, Crunchyroll. Yeah, whatever version they get, somebody's gonna be pissed, baby. They're already pissed. Mm. You know, you 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 know that. I know, but I'm just bracing for the inevitability either way. Yeah. God, that girl's hot. Fuck you. Uh. Ugh, I'm so... <sighs> Liberation is sexy, people. Don't forget that. Uh, Spoken like an SJW cock. I was like, ah, uh, would be, uh, would be nice to get one of those, and it's just like about an abolitionist. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, also happening, uh, presumably in the summer, at least in Japan, but also this weekend. God, is it? Well, according to the official website for Ruby Ice Queendom, the first three episodes will be available, presumably in Japan, on YouTube this weekend. Wow. However, it's, we do know that Crunchyroll will have the episodes outside of Japan, presumably as they air you know, week to week. Uh, that's kind of all we know about this so far. It's just like a, like a preview event. Uh, honestly, it's cultural. I will be. I would not be remotely surprised if they like also do the only preview. Who's ready for discourse? Uh, I care not for Ruby either way. So count me out. I know. I'm. I. God, I want this. I kind of want this to be good, but I'm afraid it won't be. Which I can, which I can, I can say the inverse for this next one. Yeah, because we have a couple new new announcements here. We have from Dogakobo coming to us very soon. Oshi Noko. So remember when I tried telling you about that first chapter manga, and you were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Well, that's gotta get anime now. I mm. am baffled. I'm not! Because this one's weird, 
but it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, and it's, it's also been uh, very successful, so yeah, that's not shocking. So yeah, the author of Kaguya-sama Love is War, the illustrator of Scum's Wish, and now the animation studio of Doga Kobo. Yeah, that is quite the combination. So from what I'm getting from this is that the staff of this is basically a lot of the staff from Selection Project, which was an idol anime that they had already done at Dokakobo, kind of coming back together. Uh, director done stuff like Asteroids in, in Love and Selection Project. Uh, assistant director's done some stuff. And, like, this seems like a pretty solid team. <laughs> that was a weird burp hiccup I just had, <laughs> and I... Ugh. So yeah, Oshinoko. I... <laughs> so I'm, like... 30-ish chapters into this now. I've been reading this one on Manga Plus. This one's crazy. This one's crazy, but it's actually pretty interesting. It's also... This one is not afraid to go into the dark side of the entertainment industry. Mm. But it's got some charming and interesting characters. And it's kind of like... I, like, the premise I told you seems like it's silly, but it kind of becomes a mystery thriller? Huh. I, I, yeah, it does. I will not elaborate how or why. I'm just gonna... Yeah, I mean, uh, from the amount of chapters I read up to, it seemed like it was going to become, like, an acting drama, so mystery thriller is a surprising second swerve. <laughs> it kind of is also an acting drama on, like, his side, and the girl's side is kind of trying to, like, make an idol group. And it's fucking nuts! I'm, I'm actually pretty... I'm enjoying this a lot more than I was expecting, and I'm excited for this anime. Mm. Okay, then. Uh, more details will be announced later, but this is all we know. <laughs> Alright, what well, we do know will be coming out in 2023 is an interesting project. Commemorating its 15th anniversary, there will be a new film of Mononoke next year, and it will be a completely new work. With the same director, too, who has apparently not done anything yeah, since Gotcha Mug Crowds. Yeah, Kenji Nakamura will be coming back, and it would be produced at Twin Engine. Oh, nice. This is interesting, because I didn't actually think Twin Engine was a studio. I uh, thought it was the production company. I also thought I that. think I think they're both. Hmm... Let me take a look-see at this. Well, uh, mm. yeah, uh, just a note. Twin, Gen Twin Engine, they're promoting stuff for Anime Expo. They're probably going to have uh, more things to uh, say come next weekend. All right, <sighs> I'm curious. Hmm. Uh, 
Okay, yep. Uh, sure enough, they do seem... Twitter did not seem to have some animation credits that ain't in, so I guess they are in that cool studio. Mm -hmm. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah, uh, stay tuned for next year. It'll be cool. And have to see mine okay. I, it's on one of these platforms and websites. You can watch it whenever. Mm. All right. And now we have a new project here from Science Saru and Naoko Yamada. Garden of Remembrance announced at Annecy uh, a couple weeks back. Huh. Yeah, so... I... I feel like I'm not surprised to find out that Naoko Yamada is doing another work with Science Saru. Good to see that that's already confirmed. So yeah, uh, don't know much about this yet. Uh, they're teaming up with a manga creator to design characters, and they've got a notable singer-songwriter working on the music. Mm -hmm. I don't know their works particularly, but it sounds like this one is going to be straight up her alley. Fantastic. Can you expect that to come in the very near future? Very cool. Glad to see she's getting more work. I'm very happy. Yes, very good. I still need to finish Heike story. Same. Mm -hmm. All right. And now we get to the giant pile of stuff that was announced from Netflix earlier in the month. We're not talking about Squid Game, the reality show, the game show. Like, y'all are missing the point of Squid Game. Jesus. Yep. Uh, if nothing else, I do appreciate that uh, the creator is doing a documentary that seems to just, like, be very specifically making fun of, like, how much people are missing the point with this. So, I appreciate the hustle. Yeah, okay, we're going to start with something that was just recently announced. Record of Ragnarok Season 2 will be coming in 2023. Hopefully this time it will be at least somewhat partially animated. I kind of doubt it. It would be nice, but, uh, yeah. I, either way, yeah, I'm not surprised. Ragnarok seemed like it at least did well enough for them to give it another season. Yeah, there'll be more info in Anime Expo next weekend. Warner Brothers give them money. Give them money, give them a budget. Give them the time and resources to make a good thing. Because God knows Netflix isn't. Ah, yeah. Anyways, what else does Netflix have to offer? Well, because Netflix seems to be very cozy with people on the uh, shadier side of things, here's a project from Toe Bukata. Ah. And Wit Studio Moonrise. Ah, that's a... Complicated uh, emotions. Ah. Uh, so, uh, I'm always a little odd when uh, a wife reader guy is uh, just continuing to get work. Benefit of the doubt is strong, but still... Mm -hmm. Anyways, I, I, I'm glad which studio is getting Netflix money. Yeah. Early information, uh, Masashi Koizuka is directing it. We'll, we'll know more about this in like a year or so. 
Right now, it's a poster and nothing else. Yeah. All right. Well, we got word that the Seven Deadly Sins Grunge of Edinburgh Part 1 film is slated for December. Woo. Ah. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. So it's sure is. There's character designs. This is definitely this is definitely a film that exists. It sure. Wow, I am so indifferent to this one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, not gonna, uh, not gonna lie, I blanked that for a second because I just, like, read something that is extremely cursed, but also makes more sense than it probably should. What? Uh, that being, uh, that being Ted Cruz is a gotcha whale. Oh! That, that, that sure was a string of words you just said there, Jet. I, oh, wait! Wait, I remember this! I think I saw this earlier, and... Oh, it just sounded like him his for his plan on economics. I'm like, wow. Ted Cruz economics alive with predatory gotcha games. Who'd have thunk? It uh, makes more sense than it should. It does. <laughs> well then, speaking of uh the cursed, here we have Junji Ito Maniac. Japanese Tales of the Macabre. So, they Netflix is paying Junji Ito to do another anthology series. Uh, hopefully this goes better than the last one. I, from what I hear, it might. And I'm gonna be real, I would not be shocked if the Uzumaki team winds up working on another one. Uh, yeah, it would also be nice to, you know, get Uzumaki, by the way. They've also... I also feel it's interesting, because they specifically alluded to three stories in particular. Uh, Tomie, uh, Soichi, and The Hanging Balloons are three that are confirmed to be for the Tales of the Macabre. By the way, great title. Okay, so, um, obvious one, and, uh, I guess two, that could be interesting. I'm also wondering if the video they showed was very intentional. Like, it felt like they, they literally set the stage for the works that they could potentially cover. I'm also very interested because they have the figure of Junji Ito's Frankenstein in that, too. So I see sensor there, shiver. Um, see if there's any others I can. Uh, but yeah, no, th- those were the three that I confirmed. There's nothing to go off of yet. It's just Junji Ito living his best Junji Ito life. Cool. Mm. Can we get a bonus episode? That's Cat Diary. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, uh, if you remember a couple years ago, before uh, the game was announced, we got word that Studio Trigger will be producing a series for the cyberpunk uh, video game, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. They are. Uh, then the game released. 
mm-hmm. and people were a little under they, they were whelmed mm-hmm. and then underwhelmed it was breathtaking in the Seinfeld way mm. as in oh my god this game is ugly but you can't really say it so you just have to be like you know the guy in the Hamptons saying that baby sure is breathtaking and then somebody at Netflix decided to pay not only Trigger, but Hiroyuki Imaishi, the Gurren Lagan Kill a Kill, and Pro Mare director himself to make a cyber uh, cyberpunk anime. You know what's wild? The series was announced six months before the game came out. God, has it actually been that long? It's been two years, but now we know Cyberpunk Edge Runners will be launching on Netflix in September. Okay, uh, so I gotta say this: like, so I mean, I mean, look, I trust him with anything. It will, de- like, it will definitely be good. It will probably look good. I have no doubts about this. Man, did Netflix cut like the most boring trailer possible? I was actually kind of, a, I was actually kind of impressed they could make a trigger thing look boring, but like. They found a way. It's sort of impressive in a very sad way. Marketing is a really underappreciated element of hyping something up. Like, there is an art and science to it that some people can botch first impressions if they're not careful. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the clip they showed was also questionable. Not necessarily, not even because the clip itself looked bad. But the fact that they just, like, ran it with no, with, like, music only and no audio, it's like... It's weird. What was the point? Like, it just looks awkward when you do that. Like, why would you do this? Like, you you could have characters talk in Japanese. Like, no, nobody's gonna... Nobody's gonna judge you. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway... It should probably still be fun. I, I'm, I'm sure it'll look good. I'm sure it'll be kind of, you know, trigger crazy good. That, that's all we can really expect out of it. If we can get this to be good, I'll deem it as a success. Because it cannot be any worse than the game. The bar is that low, yeah. Yeah, who, mm. who knows? Like, maybe in, like, a year and a half's time, the game will finally exit beta and will finally be in a playable state. From what I'm told, it kind of is in that playable state now. But is it really? That's a fair question. One I can't <laughs> say because I'm not playing it. Ugh. Biggest waste of $60 I ever spent. Okay, anyway, let's... Uh, I don't. I feel like you could have wasted more money. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah. So, some folks are probably wondering... Why do we talk so much about Netflix? It's not really an anime company. Well, they are now. They got themselves their first isekai. Uncle from another world. So, yeah. On the one hand, look, there's a, there's a bunch of other isekai. You'll live. On the other hand, this is what I was kind of interested in. So I'm a little bummed about that. And on the other, other hand, hey, remember when we did that, saw that article with the Katakawa thing, (laughs) 
where they were talking about how they wouldn't just take a lump sum and wanted to work with like marketing, advertising, and regularly promoting of their titles. Mm. Yeah, guess that was just a fucking lie. Yeah. A big company lying to make profits? Why, I never. So, yeah. That's a thing. As it says here on Netflix anime Twitter accounts, uh, verbatim, coming to Japan in July, rest of world coming soon. Ah, so yeah, the uh, seasonal simulcast is just fucking dead. In a very late update to this, we now have word this will be airing day and day on Netflix in select Southeast Asian territories. Over here, though, we now know when um, soon will be. They're going to do the Comey and Blue Period thing and air it on a two-week delay over here. Not perfect, but at least it's not, you know, waiting, you know, three to six months for it. This also kind of makes a lot of what we say after this a little outdated. We didn't know when we recorded the shows, but, you know, we know now. So, uh, yeah. Enjoy the, rest of the, enjoy the rest of this talk. God, I cannot speak at all one bit. Let's continue. Uh, yeah, I don't want to... Look, I don't want to blame people for not watching Kobe because I get that Netflix, like, screwed that up in several respects. I'm not going to blame people on this. I genuinely think Netflix did that as, like, a sort of C. They did it once to shut them up, and then they were like, okay, never again. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... Eh. It, 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 okay, I'd, the dub will be good, I'm sure. Mm-hmm, sure. Uh, we didn't get much from the upcoming uh, Tekken series, so we did get a video message from Harada talking about it. We'll probably get more later in the year. But we did get a, a first look at Castlevania Nocturne. I'm kind of... Yeah, it really felt like it was only a... They did four seasons sticking with, uh... With, uh... Trevor? Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, yes. yeah, Trevor. It felt like it really... we There's so many other Belmonts in the family. Felt like a matter of time where we'd finally get another one. And we're going with Richter! Yes, and that means yeah. two things. Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night. Both very exciting possibilities. Oh, yeah, I also did think like, that teaser trailer was pretty damn now. It looks slick, and I'm excited to see where they go with Castlevania now that it's no longer with Trevor and no longer with Warren. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Now, we know that uh, Detective Conan Zero's Tea Time will be available over here in July. And now we know that set to release, presumably worldwide, in October will be the second Conan spinoff, The Culprit Hanzawa. 
So uh, speaking of problematic individuals, yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about <laughs> even if you give the benefit of the doubt to uh uh oh my god, am I blanking on his name already? Uh, Ubagata. Yeah, what? Uh, Ubukata. To Ubukata, yeah. Even if you give the benefit of the doubt to To Ubukata. Yeah, the director of this series is a guy who's been around for a long time and is still around. Akitaro Daiichi. The reason he's problematic is because there was a Seiyu who basically opened up to her own sort of Me Too thing. Basically mentioning that, like, um... Yeah, dude basically fucking creeped on her really hard and, like, was basically propositioning, um... roles in his things! For, like, fucking bathing with him. It's, it's gross. Yeah. Very gross. Disgusting, even. Anyways, I, I do not know enough about Conan to particularly get this, but basically, the culprit is basically just a character that's basically, whenever they're going through a case, they always have this silhouette. So I guess that's just him starring in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that. But yeah, this is coming out eventually because it's airing in October. I don't think it's going to be yeah. worldwide. Yeah. We, we don't. I mean, the Crunchyroll Roll piece says so, but yeah, we'll, we'll find out in due time. And uh, I, I don't I mean, believe it. I mean, I mean, it'll probably just be the TMS cast again. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't know about this. We, we don't know everything about Conan like some people. Shroom. I know you listen to the show, Malcolm. I see you. I can see you. Please, please send all of your hate mail to <laughs> at Aura, Aura of Azor on Twitter.com if we get something incredibly wrong about Detective Conan. <sighs> Hey, isn't Conan, like, actually, like, 35 years old or something like that? I think that's correct. It's probably correct. Yeah. Uh, Sh- yeah, should be by now. Long. Should be by now. All right. We also have here a live-action adaptation coming from Netflix. Zom 100, Bucket List of the Dead. Yeah, this is a surprising one, actually. Uh, yeah, uh, more shocking than he... Is getting a live action version before an animated one. Ah, uh, yep. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard interesting things about this one, so, uh, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Coolness. And lastly, we had an update on the One Piece live action series. We had a behind the scenes video. And some cast additions. So, man, why are anime f- people are so fucking confident that they can talk shit on the internet and that nobody's gonna call them out on their bullshit? So it's always satisfying to, to call somebody out on their bullshit. Basically, just seeing a bunch of literal headshots of actors. And somebody being like, Nojiko doesn't fit the character. It's like, oh, why is that? 
Why is it that Nojiko doesn't fit the character? Is it because she's the only black person among this group of headshots? Is that why, fucker? You know, I'm glad over the last few weeks, brand social media interns have just gotten so sick and tired of people constantly it's so good. putting up with putting up bullshit, and they're just clapping back big time. I I, I like that. I like that energy. Uh, yeah, uh, shout out to that Viz Media intern finally getting up with that, like, one guy who, like, never... Keeps bitching on every single news piece. It's like, are you, ju- are you just gonna do this all day? Shut the fuck up. I appreciate that we are just at the point where you trust the social media people to just clap back and say, shut the fuck up, dude. I appreciate we are at that point... Yo, the guy who plays Co- Yo, the actor who plays Kobe's non-binary. Cool. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, they actually have pronouns on here. They them. Uh, Fantastic. So yeah, Morgan Davies, Alvida, Helmepo, Buggy, uh, Arlong. Okay, yeah, there's a good amount of. Pe- mm-hmm. We are basically covering all of East Blue. Yep. Yeah, I think that's all you can do with a 10-episode run. The thing that most surprises me among all of this One Piece news, they're building the ships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to my actual shock and awe, they are building the ships, which includes, which includes the Mary... Which includes Alvida's battleship and even the Boratier. I mean, okay, I mean that one they would have to do Alvida is a little more shocking. Alvida is so fucking garish, and I love how everybody's talking about the fucking uh, helm of the Sunny having like the demonic-looking goat. Mm. But yeah, they're actually doing the ships, and I appreciate that. That's such an extra going the extra mile they really didn't have to do. Yeah, I, I mean, they could have just made CG ships and called it a day, but I'm glad they're not doing that. All of the CG budgets going exclusively to Luffy. <laughs> <laughs> like, just Luffy. Uh, yeah, I really do wonder how they're just going to make... I really do wonder how they're going to make free powers work in this thing. Uh, well... It seems like we're still a ways away from this because we have no information in regards to any premiere date of any kind, so... I'm probably going to be at least another year until we hear something about this again. I feel like Oda's going to at least force them to do two seasons because... God, if they just scrap it at one like Bebop's did, that's going to be rough. And, like, this is so much easier to fuck up than Bebop. We really gotta see where this is going. Uh. Well, then. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, very cool. Okay. Now, we have more uh, cast lists here, which we are a little late on, but we have here a cast list... For the upcoming film from G-Kids, coming out next month, The Deer King. I did not prepare this, so I'm kind of just going to wing this. 
Okay. So, in our uh, lead roles as Vaughn, we have Ray Chase. Ray Chase, who you'll know for such roles as Karamatsu from Mr. Osamatsu. You'll know as Noctis from Final Fantasy XIV. And the new voice of Guile in Street Fighter VI. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. As Hosal, we have Griffin Puatu. Griffin Puatu, you'll know as Louie from B-Stars. You'll know as uh, Katarina's uh, adopted brother in My Next Life as a villainess. And uh, Jet, give me one more, buddy. Uh, Dohuim in Tale of the Mirage. Uh, Do- whatever that character's name is. Okay. Uh, Erica Schroeder! S.I. Oh, yeah. Er- yeah, S.I., we have Erica Schroeder. Eric Schroeder, who was played... Was she plays the cat? I feel like she was plays the cat at some point. Um, let's see. Uh, Lyserg in Shaman King. Uh, she was one of the voices of My Valentine in Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, very specifically... She was once Buckety Luffy, the four kids one. Thank you kindly. I appreciate you for this. <laughs> yeah, and as Yuna, we have Luciana Vandetti. I always love how I can just piece an NYAV post dub nowadays when yeah. it's just okay, this is this is an actual child. This is yes. a children. This is an actual five or so year old child. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple other names in the cast are including, but not limited to, Doug Stone, Neil Kaplan, Frank Dodaro, Louis Bermudez, Keith Silverstein, Chris Hackney, Doug Erholtz, Xander Mobus, Larissa Gallagher, Michael Diener, Stefan Martello, Steve Kramer, Edna Larson, Mark Thompson, Stephanie Shea, and Grant George. Nice. Yep. Movie comes out next month. Uh, go see it. Oh, Ian Sinclair's in the additional voices. Oh, nice. Mm. He gets around. Good for him. Okay. Now, we also have here two casts for two titles picked up from Ascendant Animation. First, the uh, very steamy firefighter show, Fire in His Fingertips. This is just fun for me. Okay, as Soma, we have Eli Brennan. I'm gonna be real with at least most of these. These are their first anime works, and mm-hmm. I got nothing. Okay, that's fair enough. As Rio, we have Amanda Parker. Uh, both of these, these are their first anime roles. They are playing the titular duo, and they will make the most uh, most erotic noises. <laughs> well, as Ray, we have Sean Shiplock. Okay, yeah, that is a name I know. Uh, Mista from JoJo Golden Wind, Subaru Natsuki from ReZero, and he is Shin in Dorohidoro. Mm. Very nice. Yeah. As June, we have Nicholas Andrew Louie. Uh, this one I can work a little bit more with. He's Abakawa in Gleepnir. He is Donner the Hero in Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. And he's the main character, Nagi, in A Couple of Cuckoos. He's the one that got switched at birth. Okay. 
As Yuki, we have Zach Marr. Zach Marr is a name I vaguely recognize. I feel like he's in Epithet Erased. He's also in an episode of Akeki Shoujo. Okay, but I feel Akeki. like that's a name I recognize from Epithet Erased. Mm. Cool. Alright. Eh, it went away. Hang on. Get back your Google Drive. Okay, we got it. As Akane, we have Natalie Van Sistine. Natalie Van Steen, Van Sistine, uh, Aqua from Tsukimichi, uh, Riona Kisaragi in Full Dive, and yes, your Forger in Spy Family. Fantastic. As Ayako, we have Rochelle Chiang. That, I believe, is also a new name? Uh, two previous roles in Judenshan and Rio Rainbow Gate, so not totally new. Okay, they, they've done some they've done some stuff for some mm-hmm. video games and uh, some work. Okay. All right. As Megumi, we have Kim Gassichiel. Am I saying that right? Uh, I no don't idea. know. I do not know. Anyways, they've done a couple of various uh, wall of roles for things like Orient, uh, Welcome to Demon School, Irmakun, and Beyblade. Mm-hmm. As Midori, we have Brittany Lauda. Uh, Brittany Lauda. Uh, let's, all right, let me just think of a couple off the top of my head. Uh, she is the voice of that girl from Made in Abyss whose name is escaping me. Rico, Rico, Rico. Uh, she is the doctor in Akudama Drive, and what's what's another good one? Uh, why am I blanking on the girl's name from Doctor Stone? Yuzuriha, uh, from Doctor Stone. Okay. And also, as this is a uh, quite a role, Shokakun slash Decency Elephant, Shantae. Who I believe is an employee for us in the animation as three credits, all of which are QA. That would do it. Anyways, yeah, uh, it's cool to see. It's also kind of cool and interesting to see, like, they're actually choosing to shy away from um, aliases for their particular projects. That leads me to believe they don't have the uh, saucy version. No, they have the saucy version. Well, neither committed. Like, they put out the saucy version of the Titan's Bride. Like, that is a thing they put out. True, but that doesn't have quote-unquote explicit interaction. I feel like that... You can't see the bits, is what I'm trying to say. I feel like, I don't know... I get the impression that if they're putting these out, they're getting the good stuff. Well, I mean, someone will uh, let us know whether or not there is uh, bits shown on screen, but uh, yeah. Hey, Mm -hmm. if you bought a copy of Fire in His Finger Tips and you uh, got a good deal off of that, or you could say you got off of that, please make sure to write in to us. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we also have here 
we'll wait on this one. Just one of those things that just timing issues. We also have the dubcast for everything for Demon King Evologia. I'm not going to read all this cast, or I'm not going to I'm not going to list credits for all of this cast except well, for. I'll try anyway. So, as Evologia, we have one. Kieran. Kieran Strange. It's Kieran. Okay, I got it. Kieran Strange. Yeah, fucking Kieran! God, yeah. he's having such a good fucking year. Dude absolutely deserves the work he's been getting. Absolutely good for him. Um, Luca Esposito from Astra Lost in Space. Uh, the voice of Odin in Warlords of Snagglepuss. And... King Richard III in Requiem of the Rose King and I'll throw out one more Defraught from Mars Red which was a Dub Talk W Awards Viewer Choice nominee for Best Supporting Performance in a, in a Show in a Dub Okay Alright, as Gozu we have one Patrick M. Seymour I feel like I recognize this guy from Twitter. I feel like he follows me, or I've or I've interacted with him on stuff. Probably, but uh, yeah, uh, he's done some past work for uh, this company as Barry Barinol in the Titans Bride. He's also casting Shida Sakura as well, and he's also wow. uh, the ADR director and adapter of this project. Wow, I forgot about the English dub of Kickheart was a thing. That was a thing. It aired, it aired on television at least twice. Na- Wait, Natalie Rose was the fucking lady wrestler? Really? Mm-hmm. I learned something new. Holy shit. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> yeah. Alright, and go- going forward, we're going to have... I hate saying this, but for lack of a better term, lesser known names. As Tisha, we have Elsie Lovelock. Uh, some of you might know that name from uh, Last Legend Boonies as Philo Kinoni, and maybe the Island of the Giant Insects as Inaho Inoki, but we're not going to talk about that here. Uh, let's, let's talk about it. All right. As Matt Kitty, we have Will Derenzi Martin. That's a wonderful name if I've ever seen one. As the merchant, as it says here, Edwin Tiong, the boss from Kickheart. I recognize that name. <laughs> Interesting polls here. As Eve's father and mother, we have Bradley Garris and Amy Smith. Nice, nice, nice. As <laughs> the lead mobster, we have Steve. Warky Nunez. I believe they were in one of the last things that Ascendant Animation did. I think it was for Ishida and Asakura. Yes, as Yamada. Oh, cool. Alright. And rounding out the rest of our cast, we have names such as Chelsea Simmons, Kirsten Candelori, uh, John Montoya, Darnell Anderson Lloyd, Justice Washington, and Lyle Wilkerson. Excellent. Yeah, so Excellent. if uh, you get a chance to check these out, uh, then check them out. Like, you don't need to tell you that. Just do it. 
Mm-hmm. This is one I absolutely want to check out. Yeah, so... As Crunchyroll's been adding more Funimation titles uh, week by week, they seem to keep burying a lot of these leads because we now have dubs for Blue Reflection Ray and Super Cub. One of those I don't personally care for. One of these I'm much more interested in. This is one I'm much more interested in. Yeah, Super Cub. So we have names such as uh, as as Koguma, Jackie Lostra. Jackie Lostra! I'm actually now a big fucking fan of Jackie Lostra now that I've played through I, the Somnium Files, where she is Iris Sagan in that. She's incredible. She's also the black-haired girl in Night is Short, Walk On Girl, Melty Mellormark in Rising of the Shield Hero, and Komeko in Konosuba, the movie Legend of Crimson. Yeah. Cool. As Rico, we have one Don M. Bennett. That is absolutely a name I am very familiar with at this point. Uh, Don, you'll know for such work as the uh, Broly lesbian from Dragon Ball Super, also wise known as Ka- Kale. Kale. Yes. Uh, you might food also puns. food puns. Uh, you might also know Dawn for her work as the Emperor Penguin in Komodo Friends, uh, Satsuki in Konohana Kitan, uh, I guess she's been, uh, Amelia Ludowell in Misfit of Demon King Academy, Setsuna Tokage in My Hero Academia, and Frederica Bauman in ReZero, just to name a couple. <laughs> as Shino, we have Jason Charles Miller. Name I recognize... Name I recognize, but not offhand. I think he's actually the owner of the studio that's at, they're recording this one at. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I pulled up his credits page. A uh, few things. Sarita uh, Sarizawa in Lugrad Z Flower Day. Um, Acid Outlet in Momotsu Kanemaru Blooded Orphans. And, uh, what's another one? Oh, uh, uh, Itaku and Nura Rathodioka Clan. I'm pretty sure that's like the first one I ever heard of in. I appreciate you helping me out with that because I pulled up a weird page for that. Yeah. All right. And we also have as she, Skylar Davenport. It's good for Skylar. Uh, they've been a couple of characters, notably as Aiko in Welcome to Demon School, Irmakun, Mai in In the Land of Lee Dale, and Azusa Aizawa in I've Been Killing Slimes for 300 years. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Should we go through Blue Affection Ray real quick just to say we did? Uh, sh- Sure. Also, I guess the most interesting thing about uh, the Super Cup thing, uh, Jeff Bezente, who is directing, recording, and mixing that dub. Uh, he's mixed a lot of anime over the years. Also, dude is a fucking dead deadlifter, too. Holy crap. <laughs> and yeah, he's an engineer, and he's his first ADR directing gig. Good for, good for you, Jeff. Happy, cool. happy for you. And then Kaylee Mitt. 
so blue reflection lay. Uh, Kaylee Mills. Ray, yes. Kaylee Mills, Brianna Knickerbocker, Michelle Marie, Maureen Price, Madeline Doro, Natalie Von Sistine, Erica Mendez, Caitlin Barr, Kimberly Ann Campbell, Lindsay Shepard, Lindsay, Lizzie Freeman, and Maddie Matsumoto. Uh, it is being directed by Michelle Rojas and Peter Hawkinson at Studio Nano. Fantastic. Available now. Available now. Well, both okay. dubs available now. Okay. Oh my god, there's more dubs to talk about! Yes, Holy there shit! Is. There's one more dub to talk about, and it's a pretty big one. It is the dub cast editions for Dragon Ball Super Superhero, which has now been confirmed it will be hitting theaters in the US on mm-hmm. August 19th. So, the main things everybody that would be reprising is reprising. So, Kyle Bear's back as Gohan, Sean's back as Goku. The one that surprised me a little, actually. They got Robert McCollum back as Teen Go- Goten. Interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, notable in that, that was his very first anime credit. <laughs> yeah, in Dragon Ball GT, like, 20-plus years ago. Wasn't that was, long ago. It was like 18 years ago. Now it's, now, now it's about 20. I mean, oh, wait. Uh, GT would be... That would have been 2004. That's almost funny. No, that would have been about 03, because Yu Yu Hakusho's done was about 03. And it's like... And it simply came out before the Yu Yu dub days. Either way, either way. I'm actually pretty surprised they got Rob back for Goten. An interesting pull, but hey, going back to your roots. And of course, Chris Abbott's back as Piccolo and Vegeta. Uh, Monica's back as Bulma. uh, Sunny Strait's back as Krillin. Eric Vale's back as Teen Trunks, but different Teen Trunks. Kara Edwards back as Videl. And Jeannie Toronto is reprising Baby Pan, but playing younger, less Baby Pan. Okay. Yeah, we have some new additions to the cast here for this movie. As Dr. Hedo, we have Zach Aguilar. Uh, do you know Demon Slayer? You know Tanjiro. Do you know Fire Emblem Three Houses? You know Male Byleth. Do you know uh, Genshin Impact? He's male Aether. Uh, do you know Diamond is Unbreakable? He's Koichi Hirose. He's been a big up-and-coming name. Good for him being in Dragon Ball. Yeah. All right, as Gamma 1, we have Alex Lee. Uh, speaking of Demon Slayer, this is Zenitsu Agatsuma. This is uh, Anos Voldegode in Misfit of Demon King Academy. Uh, this is... Oh, come on. What? Uh, did you mention Kaman already? Cop? What? Who? Um, uh, Kaiman. Oh, Kaimon! Kaimon and Dorohidoro. Okay, I, I literally did not hear what you said. Okay, Kaimon. Yes, he's Kaimon and Dorohidoro, and he is... Uh, Who's the guy from from Killer Basketball Game? Oh, um, Akashi. Akashi, thank you. It's Akashi. Okay. And, and very fitting that his uh partner is also his basketball rival, Zeno Robinson. Yes, Zeno Robinson as Gamma Two. What a wonderful time to be alive. 
Zeno Robinson, you'll know as Kagami from Kuriko's Basketball. You'll know as Vanitas from the case study of Vanitas. You'll know him as uh, Ogun in Fire Force, and of course as Hawks from My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Okay, as Carmine, we have Jason Marnocha. Jason Marnocha, you'll know as Pops from Megalo Box. Uh, Jason Marnocha, you'll also okay. Actually, I do need um, um, Megatron in um... a bunch of Meg. Uh, he's in a bunch of Megatron and a bunch of things. I wanted to build up to Megatron, but yes, he's Megatron. Uh, <laughs> he is also uh, the Fire Venom Dragon from Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. And what's one more good one? Uh, he's Kirin Jodo from Mob Psycho 100 Season 2. Okay. And finally, as Magenta... Hang, hang on, let me take off my non-prescription light glasses and wipe them, make sure I'm breathing it right. Uh, Charles Martinet? Mamma mia! Charles... Mother fucking Martinet. Oh my god. I really gotta wonder how that happened. The answer is actually probably very simple. Christopher Savitt's a big name in the convention sphere. So's Charles Martinet. Got his card at a con one day and was like, hey, yo, you want to do a Dragon Ball thing someday? And then, lo and behold, now Charles Martinet gets to play a fucking mob boss. Uh, well, I uh, well, I mean, they're doing him dirty in that Mario movie, so I guess he's gonna oh, make that point somehow. Either way, I'm still excited to see this movie in two months, which everybody has immediately already worked to try and fucking spoil on the internet. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, very lucky I've done Zelda spoilers so far. I'm kind yeah. of impressed, but I did just see some art that apparently came out where apparently art of Pan's kindergarten teacher came out, and holy shit, did Toriyama manage to draw a black woman? Uh, is it good? Or, is it good or is it like early Dragon Ball bad? It, it's good. I'm showing. You, I'm sending you the tweet. That it's good. I uh, promise, uh, it's good. Uh, uh, okay, I'm, okay, uh, that's good because again, I've seen the early Dragon. No, I, I, I know General Black too. I know, I know Popo. But no, that that's that's fine. That's fine. Oh, it, oh, oh okay, uh, okay, yeah, that's acceptable. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we will definitely do a movie episode on this movie when it comes out in August. Jet, we're gonna have to. I, it's been a while since I've gone to the movies with you. Steph doesn't care about Dragon Ball. We gotta, we gotta meet at some point, figure out how to do that one. I want to, I want to do that with you. Uh, sure. Okay, we'll do that uh, sometime in August, and we'll get it out for all of you. We'll also find some time to talk about Bell. It's just a matter of when. I own it now, and I bought it immediately before they announced the LA. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll figure it out. Probably sometime next month, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And, uh, so yeah, speaking of next month, 
As we mentioned a couple of times before, Anime Expo is on the horizon, and Crunchyroll has revealed some of their plans for Anime Expo. Uh, they're just going to be doing a lot of uh, screenings. They'll be having some premieres, namely uh, Shoot, Ghost of the Future, Inspector Season 2, and Futso P.I., along with uh, Yurei Deco, Classroom of the Elite Season 2, Uchirade Rumino, Mask of Truth. I can't believe I said that right the first, t- first try. Go me. I'm kind along, of impressed. Good job. Along with the first episode of Blue Lock. Nice. Yeah, it's a hard lineup. If uh, any of you are not going to Anime Expo, uh, I don't blame you, uh, there will be an AX Lite stream thing happening online so you can watch some of the panels as they happen. Or you can wait for our show to talk about, where we'll talk about all the panels in great detail. Some of us might even watch them, and we might say, oh god, why did we waste our time? I probably won't because... Uh, like, I, I have better things to do in the afternoons. Uh, I mean, uh... Okay, uh, I mean, uh, nothing will probably be as bad as, like, um, I don't know, like, three hours of Sentry Sentai at home for, like, two announcements, so. Oh my God, That's- I... <laughs> Sentai at home is a decent idea, executed very shoddily. There are at least 12 panels on that Saturday that I'm going to have to take notes on, and I'm not looking forward to it. Mm. A lot of these are happening at the same time. Ugh. Anyways, uh, yeah. Okay. Are you are are you ball? Yeah, and uh, if you're not going to do all that, you can spend some time at home watching some stuff on Crunchyroll, like uh, I don't know, the irresponsible Captain Tyler. Cool. Uh, because yes, uh, the TV and OVA of irresponsible Captain Tyler is now on Crunchyroll. You actually uh, completely missed the fact that they got the the My Hero uh, baseball over. Yeah, they do have that, and uh, we'll get to see that sometime in August as well. Yeah. yeah but, uh, yeah, but nice Tyler is on Country Row. More people should watch that. I was uh, it, I was more surprised it wasn't already, to be honest. Well, it was it was a, it was one of those last hanging right subtitles that didn't show up anywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's a fun show. Actually, a pretty decent dub, considering, uh, you know, very early New York. And also, you know, a very good early Crispin Freeman performance, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Good for Crispin Freeman. Very good. Yeah. You can check that out. It's very cool. And now what we have here some very random additions on the Roku channel, for those of you who have that uh, platform. First, there is Genie Family 2020. AKA, this is the title they picked up from grabbing Yashihime in a package deal that they didn't give a shit about. Yeah. Of course, it's also on Crunchyroll and Tubi, and yeah, no big deal about that. However, there's another show that showed up on the Roku channel. Yeah! Captain Tsubasa 2018. Insane. With its Japanese audio, its Miami English dub, and it's Spanish dub. Fucking incredible. Wow. This is actually the first time this is streaming over here, and it's just it's just on the fucking Roku channel. I guess nobody else wanted to pick it up, which uh, 
I kind of don't blame him. This looks really rough. Four years later. It looks like a retro anime done today. I wouldn't call that a good thing, though. It's it, not look, it a... looks a little too rough around the edges. That's called authenticity. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, if you want to watch that, I guess you can now. They finally did something with it. Or them. if you don't, just watch Blue Lock or yeah. Yeah. Awashi. You got, they, they picked a bad time to drop this because now there's actually several soccer anime coming out at like the same yeah. time. You are not starved for football. That's all I'm saying. You are not starved for feet. That's disgusting. Uh. Okay, now it's time for home video time. <laughs> Andrew, shut the fuck up. I kind of regretted that one, I'm not going to lie. Good. Good. <laughs> you should regret that. <laughs> Goddamn cretin. Anyway, home video time. First was an announcement from G-Kids. They have acquired, out of Amazon jail, Shin Evangelion, the fourth rebuild movie. And they will be not only releasing it on home video sometime in the near future, they're going to give it a theatrical run later this year. Fucking wild. And I will go see it in theaters. You bet I will. Man, that's 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 crazy. Yeah, uh, it does beg the question of what's going on with uh, the first three movies. Status and, uh, TBA. They can't put out new versions, but they can't put out their own version yet. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe Funimation's rights haven't like totally expired yet. I guess. Maybe they'll do some kind of weird box set limited run thing like it did with the ADV dub of the original series. It's possible. Still but, weird. Uh, yeah, we do know this will be coming out on home video uh, sometime in the near future. 4K Blu-ray or bust, guys! Yeah, I will say it is very interesting. We went from... that Over the course of like literally like maybe the last three years or so, we went from, like, oh, man, like, Ava's never coming out on home video to, like, we got the TV series on home video, and, like, and we're getting rebuild movies on home video again. Yes. That's, that's pretty fucking crazy, yeah. And we're at the point where you can buy the whole series on home video for 30 bucks again. Ain't that nice? <laughs> yeah, it is nice. Yeah, uh, very good, very good, very good. Okay, now for the actual home video roundup. Uh, Francisco Tech's August releases coming out August 30th. We already talked about those sets uh, last time. There was an addition to that slate, though. A Blu-ray-only re-release of the Masaki Yuasa series, Kaiba. Always good to have a re-release of a classic like this. Hmm. Yeah, all right. From this coming out on September 6th, it is the 13th set of Boruto. Man, they've really been chipping away at the boards. Yep. And I saw a, I saw an image from the manga, and God, God, manga's so fucking ugly. Yeah, those designs are oof, terrible. 
It's so fucking butt ugly, man. Like, anime looks like fucking Picasso, bruh. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, okay, I mean, I don't want to be, like, super mean to the artist, but I mean, if Kichimoto is writing again, he could also maybe contribute to the art again, too, occasionally. Uh, like, <laughs> fucking Kishimoto's, like, refusing at this point. It would not surprise me. He's probably <laughs> peeved about Samurai number eight. Samurai no, Samurai eight. Yeah. eight. I said number eight because yeah. I was remembering the infinitely more interesting Kaiju number yeah. eight. By, by the way, uh, the news on Kaiju number eight is that there is no news. There will people. eventually be it, news. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, there will eventually be news, and I mean, uh, we are supposed to, we are supposed to be getting some some FESA information soon, ish, and it would not be shocking if it got announced like there, maybe. But uh, also, yeah, no alleged way. alleged leaks that we're going to be getting a big Mashal announcement soon. Okay, um, honestly, topic wise, that does sound about right. It, I mean, we definitely have enough tapping for an anime for that. So it's it's it been like it's been going on for at least two to two and a half years now. So yeah, I like I'm just wondering who would animate that and like would they get the tone of that right? That's a good question. We'll find that out eventually. Yeah. Okay. And now we come to our last uh, bit for this episode, the Crunchyroll September home video slate. I said it right this time. Getting better. Man, people have the memory of goldfish because people saw this slate and were like, oh god, fucking Crunchyroll home videos are fucked. And it's like, they had a good slate of stuff in August. Like, a good amount of stuff in August. Chill. Oh, people, when will you be patient for once? But, uh, uh, yeah, um, we have here, starting on September 6th, Remain. Mm. I've heard this is a pretty decent, uh, sports thing. Yep. Okay. Alright, we have on September 13th, part two of Back Arrow. Back arrow's back arrow. It's back shit and crazy. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I really got to get around to finishing up my watch of that. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it is a very, it is a very fun, wild show that like really went totally unappreciated. It went very hard into what it wanted to be, and it's so I, I can admire something that is unabashedly itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. On September 20th, we have a complete steelbook set of Dragon Ball Super. That's a, that's a nice looking set, all things considered. It looks very sleek and clean. It's still fucking weird seeing the Crunchyroll logo on Dragon yeah. Ball. <laughs> it's never not gonna be weird. I'm deeming mm-hmm. this a diehards only thing because I really don't know why else anyone would want to have 
all of Dragon Ball Super on Blu-ray if they already have the two movies and let's be real the back half of the show is where a lot of the good stuff is even that wasn't all that great people, to begin with people will still buy it and people will still complain after buying it that is the Dragon Ball fandom way um, always unless you're me and you just buy a 20 year old DVD of the history of trunks with the awesome dream Beater soundtrack because I don't want any other copy of it that that does sound like that does sound on brand yeah yeah I still have a couple tapes laying around here somewhere I think I have oh, I'll figure it out later uh, we also have out on, on September 20th Shadow's House I really like this show. It's definitely a very good show. Kind of bummed this one didn't get a box, but I'll live. (laughs) Alright, on September 27th, we have our Ellie of the Month, part one of Realist Hero. This one, I'm told, is decent-ish. One, people like this one more than they were expecting. And it's got a quill. And it's got some art cards. One of which has the big titty girl. Has the big titty girl. And then you've even got a map of the fictional world, which is pretty cool, I guess. I I thought this is a decent show. And this show's cool, so you could say, hey, Alejandro Saab and Inaris Canonez got to star in a cool show together that didn't have Chinese propaganda. Yeah, that's nice. All right. We also have Irina, the Vampire Cosmonaut. I don't know much about this one. I'm told it's pretty okay. Uh, yeah, I watched like the first episode or two. It was pretty all right. Yeah. And we have what I am deeming anyway, part one of season two of Demon Slayer. Man, so this is where it really clicked for me. That cutting the movie into an into a TV arc is very silly. Cause I saw this and my immediate thought was Wait, didn't this come out? Yeah, it did come out! I bought the Anaplex set off of a friend of mine who accidentally bought two copies. So I know the movie came out. Are they releasing it again? Did Funimation forget to release their version? Oh, it's the it's the, it's the TV arc. Uh, uh, yeah, there's an Anaplex version as well with a soundtrack and all sorts of stuff. I uh, yeah, I'm going to continue to be fucking angry that the only standard thing. Funimation, Crunchyroll, Dallas put out was just Demon Slayer. <sighs> they had all the potential in the world to pick up literally any of the other fucking titles. Uh, just Demon yeah. Slayer. Uh, live, yeah. Enjoy your $130 copies of Vivi and Skate the Infinity. Uh, yeah, Vivi coming out in August. And you're absolutely worth a hundred and thirty fucking dollars version of the Promised Neverland season two. Uh-huh. You sure did say something that doesn't exist. I'll give you that. I sure did, and I've been saying a lot of shit for a while. 
<laughs> Jeff, did you have that on standby? I was. I, I've been waiting to. I've been waiting to do this for like literally months now. Like <laughs> something, what happens? Uh, today's teens. Nobody's at the Harry Potter door. Everybody's at Mash. Ah, uh, thank you for uh, that, Jeff. Okay, and well, that's a, that's a good I, one. To I, I, I refuse to end things on a on a dour note like that. So I'll just say. Coming out on, on a dour on, note. Nope. I meant I meant Anaplex stuff. Fair enough. But yeah, I was, I'll just say that uh, coming out on August nineteenth, two more soundtracks on vinyl from season one of Fully Cooley. Volume two has an audio drama. Volume three has more songs. Wait, there's an audio drama? Yes. Is it? Is it translated, or is it going to come with, like, liner notes or something? I believe it was never translated, so it'll probably have liner notes with it. That would do it. Still crazy. Yeah, I already have them ordered along with the uh, uh, Bell 4K release, so, um, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, and with that, that is our show. Almost three hours, Jesus. Yep. And this is it. This is this is the Anime Expo pregame. No, no, no. Next time will be the pregame. We have two more shows after this. We do. We have another show to get back on schedule. Uh, presumably a week from Friday. Then Anime Expo. Well, that's the, that's all depending on what happens. So if it's slow, then we'll skip it. If not, then uh, we'll figure it out then. But Anime Expo is right. going to be big, so that's going to be its own separate thing. All right. Anyways, good talk. Yeah. Any good final night. words before we peace out for a while? Uh, 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 <coughs> that's all right. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, bold of journeys to bold of Pokemon journeys to say there is only room for one Charizard in this town. Uh, <laughs> may Alan may uh, may Alan rest in peace. Rip and kiss. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to try and get good at Fall Guys now since it's now free to play, which is what it should have been in the first place. But uh, I'm very excited to play that, yeah. yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. All right, I'll do it for uh, this episode. So thank you for listening to this, this is the podcast. So we hope to come back next time for uh, either the Aniplex, Anime Expo pregame or Anime Expo. We don't know yet. So until then, um, pregame away. Do whatever you want. We don't care. Stay frosty, everybody. Peace. <laughs>
Thank you.